And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Heavy Hitters right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. I am Jack Heim. And I'm Mitchell Smedley. As always, my wonderful yeah. co-host sitting to my left, Mitch. We have so much to talk about today. There's been, a lot going on. We have been belly aching for MLB to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. It's going to be a jam-packed show, two hours wall-to-wall. Don't go anywhere. So much to talk about in the MLB front, NFL, college football, and we'll see what else we can get to at the end. We don't really... uh. We, we bounce around from show to show yeah. on what we like to talk about. But those are our main three talking points here. We will get to all of those as the usual. Uh, but first um, off, go check us out on Instagram, Heavy Eaters KUR. Give us a follow. Give us a, uh, you know some suggestions, what you want to see talked about uh, more on the show, less if we're doing a good job, bad job. Always love our listeners' feedback here on the show. But Mitch. Yeah, there's something you know more important, though. You know, this is uh, December 7th, right, Jack? Yes. And, uh, you know, just wanted to quickly remember, you know, a day that will live in infamy. Um, Pearl Harbor yes. this time of year. Uh, just yep. wanted to give a quick, uh, you know, recognition of the day. Uh, I actually was lucky enough to head out to Hawaii this past May and visit for the second time uh, Pearl Harbor. And it really just, I mean, it was, you know, this was the first time I was really old enough to really grasp what happened there. And uh, just a, a tremendous tragedy that, that our country endured, but that we fought through uh, and that we came out victorious uh, on the other side of um, really a day of tragedy, but also a day uh, to remember that, that conflict as a whole and that America did prevail and that this country is strong, this country is vibrant, uh, and this country is just a great place uh, to be. We have great men and women fighting for us every single day that we want to uh, you know, remember and, and shout out here on Heavy Hitters. Uh, thank you to all of them that do that uh, because, as we know, on a day like today, it is such a, a dangerous job, and we appreciate everything they do. Couldn't have said it better myself, Mr. Smedley, but we have a lot. Yes. A lot. Now of, moving into the, the actual uh, discussion. A lot of MLB stuff. stuff to talk about. And if you could just give me one moment as I'm finalizing uh, one little note here. But Jack jots down something on his computer. Yes. Now he turns back to the mic. Also, by the way, are the rest of the people here at KUR like two feet tall? Because I always have to bring this mic up from like way down on the table to talk into it at the start of the show. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm that... always, when the music's playing, Patty and the Rats is going, I'm always like reaching up here. Let me just, you know, raise this like three feet. <laughs> <laughs> but. Let's <laughs> get to MLB. Always, always something, man. Oh, my goodness. But, yes, we have a lot of MLB to talk about, and we're going to start off with a talking point that we talked a little bit about on the Monday show, but didn't really get to fully break down the impact of what it's going to mean for this club. And, Mitch, you you freaked out when this happened. Oh, and man. that is Trey Turner on an 11-year, $300 million contract to the Philadelphia Phillies. Since that time, I have watched highlights on highlights on highlights. I've listened to podcasts. I am, man, Jack, I'm just so excited. I just, I just can't wait for this. I just can't wait. And, you know, what it means to the Philadelphia line, we didn't really talk about that a whole lot. Yeah. He's going to slot in at probably the two spot in that order. order. He'll go behind Schwarber. I would put him one. I would go Turner, Schwarber, Hoskins, Harper. You could do that because he's a really good speed threat. He could set the table. But I think with Schwarber, the ability to, for him to get on a roll in that leadoff spot, maybe Turner getting on will set him up for more power situations. So I can clearly understand that dynamic. I would or maybe you go Turner, Hoskins, then Harper and then Schwarber. I know you're not going to have Harper till July. Yeah. I, w- I would at least try uh, Schwarber second, Turner first, because, you know, let's, like, Schwarber started off very slow last season, and a lot of that was the, well, a part of that could have been that he was batting leadoff. I don't know. I would like to try and see if we can get the first two months Schwarber, you know, actually clicking, uh, because if if so, I mean, he led the, the National League in home runs with 49 
barely doing anything in the first two months. Like, that's scary. You know what I mean? If he's on, he's ha- he has a judge-level season uh, In if those two months match the rest of the of the year. So I would try and jostle up a little bit, at least for those first two months, if it really looks like Schwarber is struggling more so. Sure, put him back in the leadoff spot. I don't have a problem with that. But this is a great problem to have, Jack. I mean, JT was your cleanup guy in the playoffs, right? And and he's probably going to be fifth at, at the best, you know? Um and, and if Castellanos in the six hole can get going, oh my goodness, watch out Major League Baseball. Uh, but I, I would, yeah, I would, you're definitely going to have to split up the lefties. You don't have Harper to start the season, which is a problem. So to start the season, uh, that's a, just another reason to put Schwarber more toward the middle of the lineup because you have so many righties now with Turner, Hoskins, JT, Castellanos, um, and then, you know, down the lineup onto Bohm and people like that. Uh, so I would do a Turner. Maybe even a Turner Hoskins Schwarber. Now Hoskins does have to resign. That is the big asterisk point there. He will. Um, yeah, I think both of us agree that he will well, be coming back to the Phillies. Yeah. But um, right. was he? Does he have an, a team option through twenty three, or is it a, uh, a a resign situation? I think it's a resign situation, but I could be wrong. Okay, I for some reason I thought he had one more year left. Uh, I thought I thought this was an arbitration year, and then he's going to hit the market, and uh, Boris will get him a big deal. That's what I've heard. I thought. Jack vigorously typing to look up the Reese Hoskins contract. And... Um, Hi, I'm on Spotrack.com right now. Spotrack. It says that uh, he's UFA in 2024, but for 2023 there's no status, like, or base salary. It's it's estimated... uh, Estimated, wow. Estimated. uh, Luxury tax salary is $12.8 million, but I don't know exactly how factual it is so maybe he does have an option i, I think know. he does i think he uh yeah i believe the phillies exercised his option but i could be i have been and i will be wrong in the future um but i, I think hoskins will be here so i, I would uh, anticipate you know I, I would like to see turner in that leadoff spot he's a state-of-the-art leadoff guy you know what i mean he is a five-tool player but mainly you're looking at the speed the contact and sometimes you get a home run to pop off um that's kind of what we had with Schwarber with a, a lot of home runs from the leadoff spot. Now if you move those, you know, let's say he, he calms down to like a 35 home run guy this year. You know, take 15 of those home runs away. Uh, you're still getting thump in the middle of that lineup with uh, Kyle Schwarber. And if uh, if Turner and even Hoskins, who walks a lot, can get on base, now uh, like so many of Schwarber's home runs were solo shots. Now they're turning into two-run, three-run shots, and that makes a big, big difference. Uh, especially when Harper comes back, I would slide uh, Schwarber up to two, split up the lefties, put Hoskins in between them, uh, and then Real Muto to back up Harper with some contact. Uh, or Castellanos. Let's say two months into the season, three months into the season, Harper comes back. Castellanos is actually sitting there with, you know, 13, 14, 15 home runs, more than he had last season. Uh, you know, you could use him to back up Harper if he's a threat at the plate like he was with Cincinnati. Yeah, and you know that's uh, that's a good point. Uh, the Phillies lineup's deep; they have a lot of options. They can mix and match whoever you know way they feel fit. Yep. Uh, and Turner adds a whole new level of versatility, not just in the field, but in the, you know, in the lineup as well. The scary and he's a quality thing, yeah. bat. Sorry I mean, about that. You know, look, it is pains me because I really like <laughs> to watch Trey Turner play the game of baseball. Yeah. He's a flashy player. He does a lot of things well. He's exciting. But for me, man, now he's on my arch rival uh, team, and it's going to be <laughs> tough to pull for him now. Uh, he's exciting. And that will always remain the same, more than likely. But, man, I now have to avidly root for him again because he was on the Nationals. Uh, really never really rooted for him because he was on the Dodgers as well. So, yeah. Trey, why do you have to go to teams I don't like? <laughs> I feel that way sometimes with other players and stuff. Uh, Mookie Betts. 
I love Mookie Betts, uh, but I don't like the Red Sox, and I really don't like the Dodgers. I love Devers. Devers is one of my favorite Devers players. Devers is cool, yeah. But, but um, um, the, the scary thing about the Phillies lineup is we're just talking about the top six. I mean, Jack, the bottom three are going to be Bohm, Stott, and Marsh. All three of those, I think, are poised to increase their production at the plate. You, I know you don't like Brandon Marsh. Uh, I, I think he has a minor increase, at least, at the plate. Uh, and Stott and, and Bohm, they're the two youngest guys on this team, and they're... I think up and coming, really solid infielders with you know decent plate ability. Bohm batted third in this lineup while Harper was gone, and he held down the fort fairly well. Yeah, Bohm is your seven's a really good thing. Mitch, once we get back to our discussion, we do have to take a yeah, quick K-R break for the K-R Notebook. Attention, KU community. The Kutztown Folk Music Society's 2022-2023 season continues on Friday night, February 10th, with a performance by Hannah Violet. The terrific leader of the Hannah Violet trio, her beautiful voice, whether on guitar or fiddle, will really draw your attention. There may even be a surprise guest musician. The performance takes place at St. Paul's UCC, which is located at 47 South White Oak Street in Kutztown. Doors open at 6 p.m. and the performance begins at 7.30 p.m. The parking and the entrance to the church are at the rear in the alley. Admission for adults is a $9 donation, while children 12 and under can attend for free. Food and drink will not be served. For more information, you can contact Keith Brinsonhoff at 484-336-9639. Or St. Paul's UCC at 610-683-3393. We hope to see you there. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University. Katie, we're heavy hitters here on this Wednesday afternoon in December. I mean, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> Semester is flying by. Final week of classes. Finals week's coming up. I know it's a stressful time for everybody out there. Uh, but, you know, we'll we'll get through it. Uh, we'll truck through as normal. Mitch, we are both in that camp. Yep. But, uh, stressful time. Back to sports talk here. No, we're going to shift focus in the Trey Turner thing because we went through pretty much how deep the Phillies lineup yeah. is. In the Phillies are stacked. Turner's awesome. We're going to stick wait. with the Phillies on the pitching side Ooh. of thing, and we're going to start with a relief deal. Matt Strom, uh, a two-year, $15 million deal with Did the I miss Phillies. This? He is a reliever, lefty, uh, so he'll be coming out of the bullpen next year. It happened last, uh, yesterday. Did it? I, how did I... N- we and you and I were talking about the Phillies bullpen last night. How did neither of us see this deal? Yeah, I only saw it this morning. So. I, wow. Okay, so tell me about Strom a little bit. So he's the southpaw. Was with the Padres uh, most recently with the Red Sox. Uh, he's a guy that you know primarily excels with his off speed. He's got a you know pretty nasty breaking slider. Uh, is one of his most prominent pitches. Okay. Uh, and you know you know he throws him. I'd say a mid nineties fastball. Okay. Like right? a fifth, I, sixth inning guy. Ninety three. Yeah, probably a middle middle relief guy. Okay. So and uh, slot into that role. Two years. How many million? Fifteen. Okay. Seven and a half a year. Sounds good to me. We, you and I talked about this. Who are the Phils and the Mets? You know, because both of us with weaker bullpens, who are they going to start bringing in? Welcome to the fold. Uh, first name Strom. Yeah, Mr. Matt Strom. Matt Strom. So uh, we're going to stick with one more Philly signing here, and they poach it from the rival Mets yes, here. Yes, sir. Tyon Walker goes from the uh, the Big Apple to the city of brother they love. He goes from the Mets to the Phillies. Phillies bring him in as their four starter, four years, seventy two million dollars. And I'm interested because, look. Watching Tyon for the past couple years, he's got good stuff, and he can when he's on, he is really, really good. But you know, like most other pitchers, when he's not on, it's going to be a rough day. Yeah, rough day for Mr. Walker. And the thing is, he's not a guy who's going to overpower you. He's not a guy who's going to strike out a lot of guys. He's a pitch to contact type of guy, and that can come back to hurt you in a ballpark like Philadelphia. Sure, but it, you know that's why. Also signing a five-tool player like Turner is so important. I mean, the big gripe with the Phillies was their defense. Uh, and their middle defense, middle infield defense, is now rock solid with uh, 
with Turner and Stott. Uh, Bohm is getting to be a plus defender after the uh, I hate this place uh, comment early in the 2022 season. And, you know, Hoskins will be the weak point on that on that infield, but, you know, you can live with that sometimes. Outfield, Marsh is a plus defender. Castellanos apparently is an all-star when it's the playoffs defending. <laughs> and, uh, and Schwarber obviously is slower than, uh, you know, my mind during finals week. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the Phillies' defense isn't going to be you know, as awful as uh, as it has been in, pa- in past years. And even with contact pitchers like Ranger Suarez, you know, the defense has been holding it down. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not really concerned with the pitch to contact stuff. The home runs, like you talked about with the small ballpark, that is a concern. Um, but I, I think, honestly, this lineup, this is what it's geared up to do now is just out-homer you. And that's incredible. Yeah. You know, looking at Walker's baseball savant page, it's a lot of blue, and that's not a good thing. Uh, yeah. You know, if you look at his K rate, only 32 percentile. Uh, average exit velocity, 28 percentiles. That means he's given up, you know, on the heavier mm. side of hard contact. Yep. Hard hit percentage, 26 percentile. Uh, expected slugging, 38th percentile. Expected batting average, 41. So that's more towards the middle. Okay. Uh, he's He doesn't really walk a lot of guys, though, so that's good. He was in the 61st percentile for that. Good. Uh, got, uh, you know, batters to chase, 55th percent percentile for chase rate but middle it's a lot of blue um and you know maybe he can turn it around but it's it's the numbers of a fourth starter though yeah you know not a guy who's supposed to be an ace level guy and he could potentially by the end of the year be the five if if the plan with painter is as advertised like the upside of painter right now is to be a middle of the rotation guy and the thing is for walker he is an injury prone pitcher he doesn't he's not a guy who usually stays healthy the whole year Deals with some injury problems in there. So it's a good starting move, but for a team that needs some starting depth, I think it's a decent move. But, you know, I think they might get one more guy. You think they will? Depending. I don't know. It depends. I think, so. if I'm the Phillies... I think they're fine, but they might go for one more. I think they're fine now. I think the uh, the right thing to do here is continue to target relief pitchers, and then if you end up needing one more starter, uh, I would do it before the trade deadline, honestly. Because I think you have to wait and see how Painter comes up. Uh, you have Falter as your sixth pitcher right now, which is where he belongs. Uh, I, I would honestly be okay going into a season with this uh, with this rotation. It's it's similar to last year, minus Eflin plus Walker. Uh, Eflin grinds my gears, man. Actually, no, we also had Gibson. So this is a, a more positive rotation, I think, than last year. Uh, I think it'll get the, uh, get the job done. Um, and if you do need another starter, sure, go out at the trade deadline and, and find it. Um, but I think this is good for the starting pitching right now. $72 million, that's a lot for a guy that we're talking about is middle to below average in a lot of areas. But, you know, Middleton opened up the checkbook with these uh, with these signings here with Turner, with Walker, and hopefully with, uh, with some more back-end pitching as we go along here. He really said, you know what? I'm not satisfied with just one run. He was in that ballpark. He wanted to win just as much as the fans did, and, and they brought him in however many, 78 whatever million dollars, uh, with the with the revenues of the playoffs, and he's like, I'm going to go reinvest that in some players here, and uh, let's do it again next year. Yeah, and so now the Phillies lineup is set up for the long term, but I'd say their pitching staff is more set up for the short term. Yes, this with, is the window. Yep. Yeah, you, you know, you've built yourself really, I'd say, a two-year window to keep going for it um, in terms of the pitching. I think it's more— In terms of the pitching. I, I think the, the pitching you have right now, sure. Uh, Walker will be here as a back-end— rotation guy uh, yeah. for a few more. I was emphasizing more Wheeler because right. he's Wheeler, got two years left. And then Nola will be out of here soon thereafter, um, hopefully, unless they re-sign one of those two. But uh, Wheeler's getting up there in age. Yeah, I think he's, what, 33? Right, but you still have, uh, how many uh, How many more years is Ranger locked in for? And then you have, you know, the big three coming up, Painter, um, Griff, and Abel. 
at least one of those is not going to be a stud like we think they are, right? So, you yeah. know, you got to think you have one to two really good guys coming up. You got Walker. I think you have at least one of Nola and Ranger for the long term. So those are three guys still here for for years to come. I, I think Abel is not as good as advertised. You think? Okay, I think so he's think a good Abel pitcher. One to fall off, but I think he's a guy who's not going to be like a top of the line rotation guy like they would okay. expect. You I think, think he Pena could be a top out? end uh, reliever. Then maybe I don't know. It it depends on the arsenal and stuff like that. You know, switching guys from mm-hmm. starters to relievers doesn't always work. It's a good adjustment for some guys, but. Uh, I don't know. I feel okay. like he's a good pitcher, but I feel like if there's one of those guys to not work out, I feel like Abel's just the one. That's that's interesting. Okay. Um, I think Painter's going to be a gem, yeah, though. Yeah, pa- Painter's going to be incredible, man. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, and, and Middleton has shown a willingness to go out and get pitching. Uh, I think I, I don't think it's just a two-year pitching window. I think we'll have good pitching here uh, in the starting rotation. You know, average to slightly above average to maybe even more than slightly above average. You know, for at least the next four to five years, I, I think this is uh, a good window. And and the Schwarber's got three left. Castiano's four left. Real Muto, Real Muto only has two left. That's the uh, you know catching is the the big plus area that not a lot of teams have right now that we do have in Real Muto. That I think will be the first advantage to fall off. Um, and then you know the, we'll see where the pitching's at. But you got this core of of Harper and Turner now locked up for another decade, which is incredible. It is uh, built it around is. that now. So. Uh, yes, but one more point. We do have to go to break real quick. I'm yep. going to bring up one thing. Uh, look, I think we saw it with Houston last year. It is great to have this you know, lineup that can just hit the you know, cover off the base. Exactly, hit the cover off the ball, but you need more than average to slightly above average pitching to win. Sure. Because if you look what Houston had, their one through four was incredible. I mean, Christian Javier was technically their four, and he was throwing an E through no hitter in the World Series. Like, that guy is like the depth of that rotation was incredible. And it showed why elite pitching is huge in terms of trying to go win a championship. Now I'm not saying was very good, yeah. Now, I'm not saying the Phillies can't win a championship with their current roster construction, but it, I think it is going to be a little bit more challenging when you put some of these guys who have really haven't been in the limelight before. I mean, Tom Walker's never really pitched deep in a playoff run because he was with the Mets. Well, also with Seattle, <laughs> and he was also with injuries. So, yes. haha, funny, poke fun all you want. No, but. it was a punchline. It wasn't. Just because of that, it's multi multifaceted approach. Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, you got Ranger with a run under his belt, Nolan now, Wheeler as well. How big is that experience going to be going forward, do you think? All of these guys now know what it's like. Yes, I think it holds some weight, but again, every year's different. The challenges are different every single season, so we'll see what, 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 what the uh, 23 season brings. But uh, we will talk about this on the flip side. We do have to take our first break of today's yep. show when we come back. Further diving into our MLB discussion, so much more to talk about. Uh, and wrapping up our Phillies and going to my team and the other New York team uh, as they both made some big, big signings moves, yesterday yeah. and early on today. So don't go anywhere. MLB Talk, plenty more coming to our next here on Heavy Hitters. And welcome back into Heavy Hitters. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim here uh, talking MLB baseball right now. We let off with the uh, the Phillies. We're going to transition to uh, some other uh, teams here. Another team in the NL East. We got the New York Mets, and then we'll also have the other New York team, the New York Yankees, but it is a nice dis- actually it's fifty something degrees outside right now. But uh, you know you wouldn't know in it by December. that in December. Yeah, it's it's you know it's December in the words <laughs> of Joe Buck, and uh, you know what that means: winter meetings and big big moves. We got a lot to move through here in this second uh, little chunk here of hour number one, Jack. Tell us about the New York Mets, the first round exit. New York Mets. What are they doing? Well. I want to build it up 
So I think we should go to the big, big fish signing on the other side of New York. Oh, first. you want to build it up? Why do you want to build it up? Because I have a lot to say, and okay. I don't want to rush through it. And, okay. Uh, well, let's transition then. Aaron Judge. The judge has made his ruling. He signs a nine-year, correct me if I'm wrong on these numbers, $360 million contract with, where's he moving to? Right back to New York. (laughs) Did your team try and get in on the Aaron Judge sweepstakes? And the winner is not yours. (laughs) (laughs) That's how the Giants feel right now. What do they got to do? I mean, wow. Wow. Now, this is really interesting. And Tell we'll us take a about look, this. We'll take a look at the Giants' side of things first because, you know, at around 5 o'clock yesterday, it was breaking all over that. Oh, no, I think later than that, around maybe 6-ish, six or 7-ish. And the reports were that it's a done deal. Judge is going to the Bay. He's a, he's a San Francisco Giant. Wow. And it was – John Heyman said it first. He was like, boom, it's official. Judge to the Giants. And, and everyone was like, whoa, blockbuster. Aaron Judge is a San Francisco Giant, goes back to his hometown team. But not so fast. Giants but it's not so, mateys. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they said, no, no, no. The Giants did not hear from Judge yet. And it was taken back. It was no deal. There was nothing there yet. So uh, the Padres inserted themselves late on a 10-year, $400 million contract. Uh, and those are the three finalists for Judge. But ultimately, the Yankees cave in. They give him nine years, $360 million. He wanted to be a Yankee. He got his offer. And he signs. Uh, he puts, you know, ink to the paper. And he remains a New York Yankee, will most likely be named the next captain of the New York Yankees, uh, the first since Derek Jeter. So, Judge will be a Yankee for life. And uh, Do teams have captains? Uh, the Yankees kind of do that staple thing. That's Not really. Stupid. So, I mean, you can. The Mets had a captain. David Wright was the Mets captain. Can Bryce Harper just be the captain here? He probably is. Just yeah. coined that they didn't probably come out publicly and say it, though. But, yeah. anyway, uh, so... Giants lose out on Judge. Yankees keep their superstar in town. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner, you know, opens up the checkbook a little bit and gives them some money. Uh, not sure what else the Yankees will do. They've been, you know, rumored for Rodon. Uh, but now I expect the Giants to fully, uh, you know, pursue the Brandon Nimmo market because oh, yeah. they, need they, they, need an outf- they need an outfielder. They want a judge to more than likely play center field for them. And now they are still searching for that guy. And Nimmo's the most prominent center fielder slash more than likely outfielder left on the market. Um, so I'm interested to see how that works out. I think another interesting name, maybe uh, Andrew Benintendi, could go to the Giants. Okay, uh, he's a good little corner outfielder. Maybe they could shift someone else to center. But I know they're really looking to address center field. Who's their outfield look like now? It's Hanniger, Hanniger, and Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson. Okay, former Braves legend, right? Yeah, former <laughs> Braves legend slash World Series champion. <sighs> man, oh man, I can't believe that. Uh, oh, all right, you can't so- believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe the Braves won the World Series. It's stupid. Yeah, I I, I can't believe you've had to watch three of your rival teams in the World Series in the last four years. Yep. That's unfortunate. Two of them winning it. That is not right. Yeah, two of them winning it, so that's really bad. Yeah, that sucked for both of us. Yep. Thank goodness the Astros got it done, man. I I don't know how I would have been able to deal with it if the Phillies actually won. (laughs) They were two games away, Jack. Yeah, let's keep it that way. Let's keep them not from winning. So. Escalators! Eels. <laughs> well, Judge stays a Yankee. Judge stays a Yankee. Uh, he will be playing in the Bronx for the rest of his career. Good for him. And uh, that lucrative contract will pay him uh, bonus of money. They were they were doing it out like by the hourly, by the minute, by the day. I'm like, oh my god. Why? Why do we need that? That's like only just rubs it in more yeah. for us. Like he's making thousands, like I think over seven K a day. It's wow. ridiculous. Wow. 
Yeah. Um, all right. So some big contracts. You know, Turner got 300 mil over 11 years, and uh, Judge gets nine years, 360 million dollars. For those counting at home, I think that's 40 million a year. Yeah. Uh, same rate the Padres offered uh, with another year on top of that. So interesting that he turned that down. That's crazy. Imagine Judge a, playing with Soto, Tatis, and Machado. I really would not like to imagine that. Yeah. We are really not supposed to touch that. Yeah. And they have Josh Hader. Yeah. I, I will pass on that one. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Judge. I'd prefer you stay a Yankee because you're yeah. not, in, not in our conference. That's really good. You know, it's it's a really good move. We're yeah. all involved on this show. Yeah, yes, it's a really, really good move because the Padres don't get better. Yes, and exactly. I like that. And I like that. I, I, like, like, that a, I like a bad Padres, you know? So we're going to we'll move on. Slam Diego Padres! Yeah. I love his voice. Yeah, he is He is a good announcer. <laughs> but um, we're moving on. My New York Mets, I'm going to get into my little Mets uh, Let me breakdown here. grab my popcorn real quick. Well, Mets made a couple moves. Uh, well, I should say one move, but... They, it's a move I like. I really do like it. I was intrigued by the, you know, by the headlines when I first saw it. I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a name. I like that name, but I'm interested to see how he'll fit in. And he's going to be our new four starter. So he gets paid less than your four starter, mm-hmm. who's a former Met, yeah, Tom Walker. And now care. we get Jose Quintana, who uh. is the four starter now for the New York Mets. Two years, twenty six million. That's thirteen mil AAV. Really good contract, especially in this pitching market. Uh, he's the thir- he's a thirty three year old, so he'll be up when he's thirty five. Uh, it's a good deal. You know, the Mets, I have identified their window. They want it to be a two-year window where they try to win this World Series uh, between this year and the next two preceding years, obviously. But, excuse me. Actually, no, next year would be a two-year window. That would be a three-year window. Yeah, I just going to say. So, so do, you, do you think it's a three-year window or a two-year window? Probably a two. It okay. could extend to three, depending on the other moves you make. But, cool. Quintana, two years, 26 mil. I really like it. He's a guy who's been dependable. Last year, he put up a career-best 293 ERA, career-best, and has started over 25 games in every season since 2012. He's durable. He's a guy who usually, for the most part, stays healthy, and he's efficient. He's a good little, he's a good southpaw. Let's take a quick look at his baseball savant page and fangraphs page here. Uh, last year, Quintana, uh, 350 ERA, not bad, uh, 103 innings, 89 strikeouts, 1.27 whip. Uh, good stats. If you look at his, you know, Savant Page average exit below 89th percentile, limits the hard contact. Hard hit percentage 68th percentile. So that's you know upwards of the upper half. Barrel rate 78th percentile. So he does a good job of avoiding that average exit exit velo, which is you know high. Keeps the barrel rate low, so the batter's not getting the barrel of the bat to the ball you know too often. 83 percentile for chase rate, so he gets hitters to go out of the zone, swing at pitches that are not in the strike zone. Good job there, and he's similar to Tyon with the walks. Uh, so good, you know, some good stuff there. He's not a guy who has a lot of spin on his pitches, but he's a really good location guy. Can paint the corners, uh, do a lot of those good things well. And I like what I've seen out of him, especially with St. Louis and Pittsburgh last year. Started game one of the uh, wild card round against the Phillies and went five and a third scoreless, looking really efficient and uh, sitting guys up, you know, picking them up and sending them down pretty efficiently. Uh, so I like what I've seen out of him. Oh, I forgot that was Quintana. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Top yep. of the line. Uh looking start there from from uh, Quintana. And that's a great point because now the Mets are the first team ever to have three starters who started game one of the postseason run for their respective teams last year. Scherzer for the Mets, Verlander for the Astros, <laughs> and Quintana for the Cardinals. It's actually really interesting. Yeah, it is that's an intriguing really stat. Cool. So, I mean, uh, yeah, he looked good that game, but uh, like you said, you know, he's a fourth starter. He's uh, a, It's a good move for the Mets. It's a good move for Quintana. And... Uh, you know, congratulations. You got a little prize there. And it adds a lot of depth to this Mets rotation because down the top four are going to be Verlander, Scherzer, Carrasco, Quintana, and either any of right now would be 
Peterson, McGill, um, forgetting a couple other guys. Uh, we have Joey Lucchese. We got he was out all last year with an injury, and there's one more name that I just cannot think of right now. Anyway, it blurs me. But uh, with this being said, the Mets are still heavily involved with Kodai Sanga, trying to make him our three starter. Um, Mets manager Buck Showalter talked to him, said he liked Sanga in the short conversation they had. Uh, but I don't know if Sanga's going to sign anytime soon. He can really draw out the signing period because he has five to six really good offers. Uh, and he wants to uh, sign with the win-now team. So he wants to be with a team that's serious about contending. He doesn't so want to go to a place and lose like Otani. the Mets. Man, <laughs> <They're> <laughs> shut your mouth. They're not a win-now team. <sighs> Give, me a team. Give me a break. Give me a break. You want to so come win? There. Come play in Philadelphia. Now, now, here's what I'm confused about. The what Mets' offseason approach has been interesting. We did a good job, I think, addressing the starting rotation so far. I'd like to see Sanga really fill it out, give us a top-of-the-line rotation. But, you know, with the lineup, man, we're going to run out. If, if we bring Nemo back, lineup, we're going to bring back the same lineup that we had last year and expect some things to go different. I don't know about that. It's really puzzling. And Epler, Epler's confusing me, man. I don't know how to feel mm-hmm. about Billy Epler right now as our GM. Again, you know, we have the open checksbook because of Steve Cohen, and any GM could sign any of these guys because of the amount of money we have to spend and can spend. But for me, it's just, I don't know what the plan is. What's the plan of attack here from now on? We get Senga, we get Nemo, then we're done. That's a good offseason, but does that change anything from what we saw last year in terms of the hitting? This team lacked power last year, bringing in no new faces to the lineup. I don't see how that's going to change. I don't see how guys have drastic upticks in power uh, like Marte, maybe McNeil, Canna. I mean, I don't get it. I don't I, I don't get it. And it just really makes me confused as to how we can expect anything different from last year. We're going to be a playoff team, I think. Uh, but, you know, in terms of going on a run, I mean, you need hitting. I mean, it's good to have great pitching, but, I mean... You need those South you Philly need, bombers. You need, you need power. You need to be able to hit home runs. You do. I mean, you saw it with Houston. You saw it with the Phillies. Both teams hit timely home runs. And multiple guys you can add to the ballpark. I mean, Payne was huge for the Astros. Alvarez, Bregman. I mean, Altuve was cold. He didn't add to the ballpark, but he had a couple home runs. Tucker Kyle had two Tucker. home runs in game one. Yep, Kyle Tucker, Yuli Gurriel had some timely hits. So they had guys who could hit the ball out of the ballpark all up and down the lineup, did both teams. That's why I think they were both in the World Series, plus the way they were able to pitch through their uh, respect, you know, respective conferences. So for me, it's just got to add some more lineup to, uh, power to this lineup for me. That's the way it's going to be able to make a difference. If you want to win now and you're serious about winning now, go get a power bat to add into this lineup. And it's it's just really puzzling to me. So Especially when uh, you know you want the one strength of your team to be that starting rotation. When and we have that. Right. Your two guy, though, is 40 years old. And look, I'm not saying he's going to fall off completely. I, I really don't think Verlander is going to be what he was this year. I really think there's going to be a considerable drop-off, and I think that's something the Mets should worry about, and they need to be able to hit. What if everything doesn't go swimmingly for the starting rotation? You know, like, you have to be able to, to pick your, your pitching up sometimes with hitting, and I don't I don't see the Mets lineup as as, comp, uh, as um, able to do that right now. So, uh, you know, take some notes from the Phils. Sign some sluggers. Or don't. You know, I, I really don't care, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I agree just, with you. You're you're trotting out the same guys and expecting things to go different. Uh, what would you? What lineup changes would you want to see uh, to to classify a successful offseason? And, and okay, really, what do you think would make the Mets a first place power caliber team in this division? Okay, you sign Sanga to finish out the rotation, address the bullpen with whoever you need to bring in, and then lineup wise, I would yeah. say I'd like the op, you know the possibility of bringing in Benintendi in a shorter term deal. Maybe okay. he's not a guy who has a lot of pop, but he can hit home so, runs. So. He's got some pop. He can hit maybe 20 in a season. 
So that's an option I'd like to explore. You know, maybe a reunion with Michael Conforto. I'm not sure how much I love that. But he does have the ability to hit about 25 a year if he's fully on and fully healthy. So that's an intriguing option there. Just take another guy who can hit for power. I mean, give me something here. Give me something to work with. Give me a leash. And give me a guy who can hit the ball out of the ballpark. I don't care who it is. I mean, just give me someone who poses the threat of being a consistent power hitter. That's really all I'm looking for uh, for the Mets here. I don't know. Depending on how this offseason works out, my opinions of Billy Epler will go either up or down. And look, if the Mets don't make enough lineup changes to satisfy my need, I think it could be time to uh, observe pulling the plug on Epler and getting a new guy in here. I'm loving the Dombrowski experience. I think there's other better GMs out there, and there's other guys who can run this office. I mean, Billy Epler did nothing special with the Angels. He was able to sign guys, but look what they did. I mean, the Mets have way more resources than the Angels did, and which is why I think they've been more successful under the Epler era. But I don't know. There's been no clear path to me for this offseason with the way it's been able to run. I've liked the two guys we've signed, but it's been to me, where do we go from here? It's, yeah. We address some needs, but what does the future of this offseason look like? I'm really, really intrigued to see who else we're after and who else we bring in because we need to make some more moves around at this roster. We should be nowhere near done. We need to bring out, I'd say, maybe two, at least two guys, maybe three. Uh, and depending on how much Cohen's willing to spend, maybe four guys even if we can you know, afford that. But is that four pure lineup guys or is that four guys total pitching? Four guys and... across the roster, either okay. pitching and hitting. Okay. Mix and match how you will. Let's say yeah. two and two for fairness sake. So would you be happy if they brought Nimmo back? Yes, but depending on the contract. Okay. All right. I don't want to overpay him because of the market that's out there. Like, I don't want to get in a bidding. If we get into a bidding war for a team, I'm fine letting him walk and get somebody else. Yeah. But I would love it to see Nimmo back. He's just the guy who brings the energy. Uh, he really annoys the living hell out of me. Yeah. That makes sense. He draws <laughs> a lot of walks. He's just And a, then he runs to first base a like a weirdo. Hitter. So, I mean, he is from Wyoming, so. <laughs> they are kind of kooky. Yeah, there. it's like. Yeah. So, I Anyways. mean, and Alvarez is a catcher. I mean, look, he's a young guy. He's going to get into the mix. And, yeah, I, I think he could be an impact guy. But it's it's a wait-and-see type situation. I mean, I like what we've done with the pitching, like I mentioned. I think we need to get Sanga for sure. That's a certainty. That we need to bring him in as our three. That would make our starting rotation look really good. Address the bullpen, like I mentioned, because we need some more guys back there. Uh, Drew Smith cannot be our, number, our, our eighth inning guy, and that's the way it stands right now. So for me, bullpen, uh, get Sanga, get bullpen, and possibly bring back Nimmo and somebody else, and then I would be satisfied. But Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean hitting... Hitting Darren Ruff, was and I'm not saying rough. Epler should be on the hot seat. That's not what I'm saying, but there's been no clear. You don't strategy. agree with the yeah. You don't you don't see his vision for the team right now. No, yeah, no. no. So that's a problem. And yeah, the trades he made at the deadline last year were awful. Uh, oh, they were. I mean, Darren my, Ruff that was is, my favorite day. In Darren the Ruff's a monstrosity. Yeah, I mean that guy's horrible. That guy's pretty. Daniel real. Vogelback was good. Was he? He was decent, but not what we really fully needed. And Naquin was meh. He was okay. He's gone now. Like, I don't know. We just, I, I think we made stopgap moves, not full great impact moves. So I don't know. I need to see this lineup change, though. I, I cannot I cannot say that I feel confident in this team going further than they did last year if we roll out the same lineup this year. I don't. Okay. So if they I roll out the same lineup, will expect, you... Expect the playoff appearance, but not certain how deep they go. Maybe you... the, Depending on the opponent, maybe they'll get by one round. But... Again, I need to see more firepower in this lineup with power. With no more updates to the lineup, will you drop your narrative that uh, the Phillies are the third-place team in this division? 
Depending, yeah, probably. Because I, I, the way I would see it, if the Mets don't increase their lineup in any way here, uh, Phillies, I think, would leapfrog the Mets into at least second place in the division. I think Atlanta's still the class of it until proven otherwise. Yeah, you got to beat the Beast um, to uh, which the Phillies the did, by the way, beat them in yeah. the playoffs. So I mean, we you know beat the Beast there, but you got to do it in the regular season. Uh, the one that doesn't matter, Chris. Playoffs matter. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I, I think uh, the Phillies. Yeah, I, I think it would be a situation. You have the seven wild, uh, seven playoff team format now. I think the Phillies and Mets would leapfrog, uh, fl- would flip each other. I think the Phillies would be that first wild card, and the Mets are the ones that you know get in by a game or two. So interesting, really interesting uh, changes. Yeah. Well, maybe not a game. Maybe it's like a, a first and second wild card situation. Phillies are right there with the Mets. You know what I mean? But I, I do think the Phillies are the better team right now. Um, definitely in lineup pitching. I think Mets probably have an advantage. Yeah. I don't know. Wheeler Nola Rangers really good right now, uh, especially with the Mets not having Senga yet, uh, and bullpen is is. If we get Senga, uh, okay. it's it's not debate. The Mets starting rotation is just flat out better. Assuming Verlander holds his form, if Verlander's trash, I going mean, into projections though, like if you look at the projected starting pitching, they'll like be projected better. Out, I yeah. think the Mets are better. They'll be and projected better, but I, I gotta wait to see the uh, the Mets guys. Yeah, and again, look, I don't hate Billy Epler. I really don't. It's just my vision is of this team. Yeah. And look, there's a reason he's an MLB executive and I'm not. Yes, but I'm just yeah. trying to figure out what this team's going to do from here on out. That's so the I, thing. I'm I, not saying you should be fired. I'm not saying he's on yeah. the hot seat, but I just have questions. I have questions of where this team's going to go and, and, and how much they'll change and how much they'll get better. And I have the luxury of not having questions. You know, I can clearly see what my GM's vision is for this team, and that is to just hit the baseball. That is, you know, we're, we're just going to throw money at some all-star caliber, you know, Hall of Fame caliber guys. And um, and then we'll fill in the pieces around. It. We'll figure out the pitching. We have some guys here for the next few years that are studs, and we will figure it out as we go. But Dombrowski's done this four times now. He's built World Series teams four separate times now. It's really impressive. Well, we have to go to break. When yep. we come back, we will uh, further get into our MLB discussion. A couple Head more signings to Central sign. Division. And uh, a couple more signings to discuss, I should say. And, uh, What's to sign? Yeah, yeah a couple of signings Coming to, to heavy sign. hitters on a five-year contract. Yeah. <laughs> Wilson Contreras. Well, yeah, we'll talk about Wilson Contreras uh, and you know a couple more pitching signings here on the flip side of our second break of hour number one here on Heavy Hitters. All that more coming right next. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody, right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown, Jack High, Mitchell Smedley. Uh, getting yeah. right back into our MLB discussion. Plenty more to talk about. We talked about the Phillies, talked about the Mets, talked about Judge back to the Yankees. Uh, but we still got some more things to talk about. And uh, the Red Sox plunge in the reliever market, are uh, bringing over, I would say, I wouldn't call him a prized closer, but he's a guy who's later on in his career and has had a an accomplished career. He's a guy who has put up some really good stats for multiple powerhouses in the National League, being the Dodgers and the Braves. And that is Kenley Jansen going yeah. up to Boston. Get out of my division. Going up to Beantown for a two-year deal worth $32 million. I could not agree with you more on that, Mitch. That, is, because that over, was brutal. Over the course of his career, that guy has absolutely was, shut down the Mets. And I mean, the Phils. He's got like a sub-one ERA in his career against the Mets. It it's brutal. just like, it's horrible. Oh, it's man. so, so bad. So, Bye, Kenley. I'm not going to miss you. Go go to Boston, have fun there. Wish you all the success. But He's get shipping out of off to Boston. Yeah. Go out of the NL East and go star in the AL East, please. Thank goodness. As long okay. as you're out of my division, whoo. My goodness. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. That is all I gotta say on that. Uh, we're gonna see keep, ya. Uh, we're gonna keep flying through some signings here. <laughs> Michael K. We're gonna go to the uh, AL West before we go to three Central Division. Excuse me, signings across both leagues. 
Rangers added Jacob DeGrom. Uh, I'm a little skeptical about that in terms of you know the health side of things. We all know what DeGrom can do, but can oh he stay healthy as a 35-year-old pitcher? Maybe. Uh, they also brought in Andrew Heaney, two-year, $25 million deal. Uh, was with the Yankees and Dodgers, and now he is with the Texas Rangers. He'll fill in nicely there as either a two or three behind DeGrom with Martin Perez and Heaney now being the top three in that rotation. Not too much to talk about in terms of that. I think it could be a decent signing in terms of his production with Texas. Uh, it's kind of a wait-and-see type of thing. Was last year a fluke, or can he follow it up again with another good campaign in 23? Uh, we're going to move on to the Central. We're going to start in the AL Central with only one signing there, Josh Bell. Signs a two-year deal with the Josh Guardians, $33 million Bell. deal. Was split last year with Washington and San Diego. Was much better with the Nationals than he was with the Padres. Yeah, he um, really fell off. How about that? Bell had a decent playoffs, especially a good wild-card round against the Mets. Then moved on, played I would say all right against the Dodgers, and yeah, he played didn't really well. do much of anything against the Phillies. No, so. he was awful against the Phillies. Thank goodness. But yes, Bell now to the Central Guardians get another first base slash DH type role player. Uh, so good for him. Uh, best yep. of luck to him. Best of luck to him in Cleveland. Bye, now, Josh. two big signings by two rival teams in the Central. Oh yeah, the Cubbies. They bring in starter Jamison Tyon on a four-year, sixty-eight million dollar deal. I think it's a big, big contract. Uh, to give to a guy who's probably a three-starter in most good teams' rotations. Hey, uh, he got, you know, they signed him for cheaper than uh, Walker. Than so. Walker. Yeah, I think both of them got overpaid. But, yeah. again, it's just what yeah. the pitching market is. That's how it is this this year. You just got to pay to play. And and the Phillies usually back out of markets like that. And good to see that they didn't, and the Cubs didn't either. And congratulations to uh, Tyon. He got a he got a nice nice payday there, $68 million. And Chicago baseball needs a little excitement. Yeah, I mean, the Cubs and the White Sox lie, are yeah. kind of... Kind of dead. Kind of right mad. Now. They're kind of bleh. Like they're not in the headlines. So good for the Cubs. They're going out spending money. I respect it. Uh, trying to get their roster better. That's what some teams, you know, I like to see more teams involved in that kind of area because, you know, the sad truth is that there are some teams who just aren't interested in competing. Uh, it's the fact of the matter. And it is a sad reality, but it is the truth in baseball that yeah. there are just some teams who don't want to win. They just, they, they prefer to be the bottom feeders for whatever reason. So <clears throat> the athletics. But uh, yeah. You know, they the also Reds. they just brought in Eleven Diaz from Houston on a two year deal, so they've signed somebody. Good for them. Have they actually made that. a move this off season. Have fun with compared that. to last season where they did literally nothing. They they brought no one in. So anyway, uh, tie on to the Cubs. Interested? He'll probably be in the top two of that rotation there. Uh, if I had to draw it up, um, so yeah, Cubs get him. You know, their starting pitching last year was not great, and they needed a guy from out to the organization to come in. So good for them. They get a guy, and uh, he can fill it fit fit. Wow, fit in nicely in that rotation alongside some of the other guys that they got there. Uh, Cardinals, they, wow, this one's got to hurt for Cubs fans. Longtime <laughs> Cubs catcher, <laughs> wow. Wilson Contreras, he's going to St. Louis. He'll be the uh, the predecessor after Yadier Molina. So Molina's done. They bring in another guy, and uh, he will secede him as the starting catcher for the next five years on an $87.5 million deal. Mitch, what are your thoughts on this one? Ah, I like it for the Cardinals. Good move. Uh, Got to fill that hole somehow. The Cardinals, the St. <laughs> Louis Cardinals. <laughs> Wilson Contreras, there, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like the deal. How many years did you say? Eighty-seven five. mil. Uh, five. Okay, so that's under twenty million a year. You know, under eighteen actually. So. Oh, okay. Okay, what? hold on. Uh oh. Mets just made a trade for a reliever. Oh, so they got a lefty Brooks Raleigh from Tampa Bay. He was a former Astro and a former Ray. He will now be coming up to the Big Apple to be a southpaw out of the Mets bullpen this year. Interesting. Okay, who'd they give up? Uh, Prospects? Keyshawn Askew. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. No. Who's Askew? He's a I've got to ask you who's Askew. 
He was a prospect in single A. He was probably he's one, one of, of our the, more interesting pitching prospects. He's got mm. such a weird, funky windup, but uh, I don't know. His SQ's windup is a skew. It's a decent deal. I think Raleigh's a good impact reliever at the major league level now. But uh, well, you said the Mets have a two-year window, and guy in single A isn't going to be there in the next two years. No, he won't probably. So, but he was one of our better relievers last year. And hey, I think you're starting to see the the direction of this team, though. Right, it's it's pitching, pitching, and a little more pitching for the next two years. Yeah, yeah, I think doing, it, uh, trying to do just enough with the hitting. That's that's their goal, I think. Yeah, I think that's certainly a certainly the the truth now, and we're starting to see that more and more as the days go on. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll have to do some more digging, see what uh, some of my reliable Mets sources who I follow think about this trade. I almost just said, man, I wish the Phillies would make some moves. But, <laughs> and uh, I remember they already have. Trey Turner. <laughs> well, uh, before we get back to our discussion, uh, attention KU faculty. Have you or a colleague made a positive impact in the undergraduate research field? If so, nominate them for Undergraduate Research and Creativity's Faculty Mentorship Awards. The awards recognize excellence in faculty engagement with undergraduate researchers and carries $500 in professional development funds. The deadline for nominations is quickly approaching and you have until March 1st to turn in your application materials. To learn more about UGRC's Faculty Mentorship Awards, please visit www.kutztown.edu slash UGRC and look under Undergraduate Research and Creativity. And if you'd like to stay updated with everything UGRC has to offer, you can follow them on Instagram at UGRC underscore KU. This message of community is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KU. Our heavy hitters, final about five minutes or so of hour number one. It's actually about seven. Oh, yeah, but we got to go off at 59. So. Mm, it's about six. About six. Okay. So under six. Meet in the middle. Yeah. Um, you just made me. So the Mets make that trade. I'm interested. Raleigh's a decent little lefty. Uh, he's a guy who... Doesn't throw that particularly hard, but he's got that interesting motion. And the Mets have kind of targeted those guys in trades in the market. I mean, they had success with Adovino last year, guys who have big sweeping sliders, guys who rely a lot on movement on their pitches. So I think that's the theme of how the Mets want to address this bullpen. They want to get a lot of guys who can have a lot of movement on their off-speed pitches and throw a, you know, a mid-90s fastball. So more not, not guys who are flamethrowers and overpower you, but guys who can really get you by chasing out of the strike zone uh, with the you know the vast breaking stuff on their pitches, so that's the the theme of what I've seen so far. Bringing Jeff Brigham from the Marlins, who's a guy who relies on a big sweeping slider. Uh, now Raleigh, who's kind of a similar type of guy, and yeah, I'm interested to see how this bullpen takes shape. This is one step towards filling that out. So Keyshawn Askew will be going back to Tampa Bay in return. Jack, they got him from Tampa. <sighs> Tampa. <laughs> yeah, I love that. First down, Tampa. I love that. They got to get that figured out. <laughs> Some quick stats on yeah. Mr. Raleigh here. He is, if this would load, a 34-year-old pitcher. Uh, so he's not a young guy. But uh, last year, career regular season, he's got a 2.68 ERA. I mean, uh, that was last year. So he had not a good year bad. last year. 2.68 ERA, .97 whip, 61 Ks in 53 and two-thirds innings, went one and two. So the uh, six-round pick from the Cubs in 2009, he's coming to the Big Apple. Uh, best year of his career by far last year. Okay. In 2021, a 4.70 ERA. So it's ERA. an outlier. It could be, but <laughs> hopefully he can build on it. I hope not. I hope so. We're on opposite ends, yeah. obviously. Well, obvi- what else is new? But, uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> in terms of sports. But, yeah. 
Yeah, man. Outside of sports, me and Jack are two, uh, two, two birds of a pod. feather. I was going to go with that one, but then I went with the- I love uh, when we went with two different ones. That was funny. Right, but I was, I was literally about to say that, and then I went, you know what? Let's stay seasonal. Oh, that's you know? nasty. That's a nasty slider right there. Uh, okay, I can like that. Uh, I, I can dig that. I can dig that. So All right. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, Mets make a trade. Uh, what were we talking about? Contreras before that, right? Um, $87 million. However, Ra- okay, Raleigh is under contract in 2025. Oh, wow. So oh, we got him for multiple stay. years. Okay, that's why we give up Askew. Askew had a 2-4 ERA in single A last year as one of our best relievers. He was probably on the verge of our top 30 prospect list. Gotcha. Uh, towards the bottom, around 30. But, hey, I mean, you got to give to get. And that's, exactly. the, that's the game you play. So you give a guy who's an up-and-coming reliever for a guy who's got term, and he's a pretty good left-handed pitcher. So... I like the acquisition. I think it's a good, solid find. He'll probably be a sixth or seventh inning guy to the Mets bullpen. So yeah, it's like the debate on uh, the Ohapi trade for Marsh. Yeah, exactly. So, so got to give to get. We'll see how it turns out. Got to give to get, and that helped us get to the World Series. So, uh, talk about Contreras. Five years, eighty-seven million dollars. I like the I like the money there. I like the length. I think it's a really good deal for the Cardinals. He's going to complement uh, that lineup nicely because that three so. Arenado, Goldschmidt, and Contreras. Those three. Three, four, five, any way you line it up, that's going to be nasty. It's that's going to be, be really good. Yeah. I think the Cardinals are really poised to go back to back in the Central for titles. Oh, I, de- I, I, I definitely another, think they're winning. I don't see the another division. threat there. No. I mean, the Cubs aren't a threat to me. The, the Reds crew. are certainly not a threat. <laughs> maybe Milwaukee, but no. they were you know, maybe rumored to be trying to move on for Corbin Burns, so I'm not really sure what the approach is up there. I, I don't think Milwaukee's a very good baseball team at all. Yeah, so. I don't think they're a contender. No. I don't. But, so I, I think uh, this is know. the Cardinals' division. So I think it is too. They're they're poised for a run. I think is what they're trying to lay the foundation for. So I think they'll try and be more active as the offseason goes on, and they'll be a trade deadline team halfway through the season, uh, leading their central division in the National League. Uh, moving on, we have uh, we're heading to the AL Central, right? Uh, or no, we didn't talk about the Cubs. Or no, we did talk about uh, Tyon. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of all we got. I thought we um, any last oh, thoughts on MLB? Uh yeah. Jack told me last night that uh, Michael Clevenger found a new home. <laughs> oh yeah, he was with, yeah. He signed with Chicago that was yeah. a couple days ago. The White Sox. So <laughs> he got he got uh, knocked around by I the Phillies that. in that. In He's the, a bad uh, pitcher. LCS, but yeah, Phillies looking for a quick response. Reese Hoskins left field. Wow. Yeah, it was a meatball right down the middle. Yeah, that oh, was. My how about the start to this game? Four, three in the first. <laughs> or Sorry, in the blink of an eye, as, as uh, Joe Davis put it. As Harper, with an RBI double, scores real mutil. That was, a cr- that was one of the craziest games I've seen. That was insane. Yeah, it is uh, pretty bonkers, man. The Reese Hoskins two-home run game. Man, Look, dude, oh man. It's, uh, you know, it was a good run. But, uh, it was a very good run. I'm getting to that point where I can say that. I don't think it's, it's going to happen next year. I oh. don't. Oh. I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they go back. You're in for a shocker. Well, not really a shocker, but you can call what you want. Yeah. So you're not the underdogs anymore, man. No, you I mean big spenders. Hey, and you're still you telling are, us we're the third best team in this division, but I think we're at least second best. I think those three. I think those three are. You know, they're really close to each other. I do. I, don't I think, I a think a the gap. Mets are clearly the third. Well, I think the Phillies are clearly third. Not, it's, you just said they're really close. They are close. What are you talking third. about? No. I think, I, I don't know. I think the Phillies are plus Look, it's been wins. a theme, Mitch. They got to erase it before I can believe it. I know. I No, I, I 100% agree. That's why I think the Braves are going to win the division. It's a theme until someone else takes it, right? So Yeah. Well, we do have to go to break for our hourly break. We will be back in hour number two, wrapping NFL. up MLB talk and going into NFL. Plenty more coming your way next here on Heavy Hitters. Heavy Hitters! 
is our number two. Oh, man. It's quite the fun time in the studio. We got done talking MLB in our number one. We're going to move on uh, in a little bit to NFL football. I had a hectic morning with fantasy football. Jack was just perusing my lineup. And great word choice there, Mr. Smedley. Perusing the lineup, and he, uh, he did it with uh, with some rigor. It was intense in here. <laughs> he was announcing my fantasy football lineup like only Jack Heim can, and maybe we'll have a maybe potentially maybe we'll I can leak a, some of what some of what you know. If you just make it a little more positive, <laughs> you know, instead of like you know the robbery, <laughs> you know, maybe. or or what I labeled your quarterback. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, all right, so Justin Fields will probably be there in the playoffs, so we can use the presumed playoff lineup. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if we want to say what we said about Deshaun Watson on air. Yeah, no, 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 no. no, no. So, all right, we will potentially have that later on in the hour or uh, on a later episode. But, Jack, you got anything else for MLB before we move on? No, nah, uh, that's NFL? all I got. It was a great MLB discussion. We and, finally uh, had moved. We finally have moved to talk about hopefully more are on the horizon. Carlos Rodon could be going to the Bronx, maybe elsewhere. Who knows? The rumor mill is still hot. The hot stove is cooking. So much has happened. So much more to come. Of I think maybe both of our teams could make a couple more big moves. Yes, yeah, uh, relievers. You know, in terms of relievers for the Phillies, but I think the Mets could still be hot on the starting pitching market. And I hope they address that lineup because that is one of my biggest. Biggest concerns for the team. They're already taking steps forward in addressing the bullpen with the Brooks Raleigh trade that just happened minutes ago to wrap up our number one that we just talked about. So uh, Billy Epler keeping the Mets hot on all fronts. I mentioned how I was skeptical of Epler. What's the path to this team? I know he does make moves, which I like. I like that he makes moves and he's been making meaningful moves, but I want to see the line of take steps forward. If he does that, I will retract my statement about him and the doubts I have will be uh, will be a, will, will be vanquished. The doubts I have will be vanquished, wiped away. And I can like how this team looks going into next year, but I think we got to make a couple moves in the lineup for that to be secure. But we will move on. NFL, we got to do our predictions like we do every week on our Wednesday show, Mitch. Yes, it sir. is week 14. The week continues to roll on. We wrapped up our Monday show with our playoff predictions. Yes. And now we might see some of our picks based off of those to try to make sure they stay correct. Yep. And we got Thursday night football. I still don't know how the song goes. Boom, 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 boom. I don't, I don't know. It's the boom, prime. Boom, 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 That's something. Boom, boom, boom. I know that's part of the song. Yeah. That's how it goes, actually. You know, the the boom. Is that a bassoon? I think. I guess. You bassoon. Anyways, we got the. <laughs> That's a different little twist on it. <laughs> the it's prime time, baby. It's time time Raiders. Time time, prime time for the Raiders. And uh, they play the Rams. And they the Rams. The newfound quarterback of the Rams. It's Baker Mayfield. Dun, 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 dun. Well, Baker Mayfield. That was really uh, anticlimactic because he's just not good. Yeah. So I'm going to make this short, sweet, simple, and to the point. The 
Raiders are going to win on Thursday night. I agree with you, and I really need Josh Jacobs to carry me to that one seed this week in my fantasy football division. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little much now. Yeah. A little, the, the emphasis on the Raiders is good, but yeah. I think that's where it needs to start. I, you know, I, okay, honestly, I don't, me, I don't need you to yell at me in front of everyone here, all right? Uh, if we could do this off the air. Good. No, I'm just kidding. Catch me outside. How about that? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what are we, 2016? <laughs> yeah, Danielle. We're throwing oh, it, it way back with that throwback. Dude, right there. Dr. Woo. Phil. <laughs> Dr. Phil. He's got getting away from the cops. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Dr. Phil. Let's go. Let's just get this one over with, man. Go Our Raiders, two teams man. are going at it. Yeah, let's just get it out of the way. Let's deep dive it, baby. In the Meadowlands, Eagles are seven-point favorites. Mitch, I know who you're going to pick, and I know why, and it makes all the sense in the world. And I might have to join you, but it depends. So I'll start with you. What's your take on Eagles-Giants here this Sunday? Okay. This is going to be a close game. This is going to be a closer game than you might think. I think seven's a decent line for it. Uh, But I really do think that the Eagles just flat out are the better team. They have better receivers. They have a better quarterback. They have a good running attack. Saquon, of course, is very good. uh, Saquon Barkley. The defense, I mean, the rushing defense is better. Kind of uh, comparable, I think. The uh, the secondary for the Eagles is a huge plus compared to the Giants. And I, I just think they're better in pretty much every way. Uh, the Eagles are going to win this game. They're going to be 12-1. and one. Can you believe that, Jack Heim? Uh, really, what this is going to come down to is, is the, the divisional aspect. It's going to be close. It's going to be a, a shaky game. And the Eagles pulled through in one of those kinds of games against the Colts. They did not against the Commanders, though. This is... One of those tests, because I don't think it's just going to be a blowout, right? The Eagles aren't that team that'll just rock your world, little country girl. Um, it's a song by Brooks and Dunn. I know, I, I know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they beat up on the Titans. Uh, they scored 40 against the Packers. This is, a, this is a different animal, though. This is the Giants. This is the team that you needed Jake Elliott to kick a 61-yard field goal uh, to beat in your Super Bowl re- uh, year. And then you, you only beat them by five the next time. Uh, with Nick Foles throwing four touchdown passes. It's always going to be tight. It's Eagles-Giants. It's going to be a heavy-hitting game. There's going to be you know big collisions, big sacks. It's going to be a game that's won in the lines, and I think the Eagles' offensive line is very good. I think the Eagles' defensive line is good. Josh Sweat, I think, is going to be the player to watch in this game. And uh, honestly, just get me 12-1, and baby. Get me 12-1 and against the Giants. I, I can't wait. It's going to be It's going to be huge. Um, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, let me address this. Just give me a second. Sure. I am looking up a debate I'm having with a person right now. So could it be me? I'll keep talking. I'll keep talking. Then I mean, after this, by the way, let me just fast forward through the uh, through the Giants. Oh, it's here. an East front because they'll win. But uh, you know, the Bears, the Giants again, the Cowboys, and the and the uh, Commanders. There. I mean, are the Eagles gonna lose again when they're actually playing their starters? I don't know. I don't know. This seems like a pretty good, uh, pretty good thing for the birds coming up. So, uh, Jack, how do you see it for the uh, for the Giants and a little bit for the rest of the way for the uh, league leading Philadelphia? Look, Eagles? I mean, when you play a cupcake schedule and oh, you're a good team, goodness. you should win the game. Everyone I else mean, is comparably a cupcake to us because we're just that good. I mean, okay, you got the Bears, the, the Bears. Bears. Nice. That was perfect. It was just, I mean. You know, the Bears, not good. Not good. The Saints, not good. You oh, yeah, I forgot lose. we play the Saints. We get to help our draft pick out a you little bit. You might more. lose to the Giants in the last game of the season because you might be because you're gonna be probably resting everybody to win yeah. the division at that point. Yeah. And you got Dallas. I mean, Dallas is probably your last good game. Yeah. 
Um, Tough game. You'll split with the Giants, probably. And, uh, yeah. So, you'll probably... And then, uh, you know, we won't see you in the playoffs because you'll be a first-round exit, and we got a first-round bye. That's how it goes. Sorry. Eagles go 14-3. and 14-3. and th- Who do you think they drop? Dallas. Ja- Dallas? Yeah. Hmm. On the road. I don't know about that. I think Skinny Batman going to have something to say about that. I think Deca Boy. Deca Boy Prescott. Dak's a bad pick on your part. Dak's really bad. That running game, though. They can do something special. They Pollard can. and Zeke. Didn't I just pick up Zeke in our uh, KUR fantasy? Yeah, league? and you're playing me this week. Yeah, in the playoff, the playoffs. Yeah, I'm like the two playoffs. Seasons, you know. Yeah, I haven't looked at it since we drafted. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm in the playoffs. <laughs> I think everyone made the playoffs. I think so. <laughs> hey, but uh, don't hate on me. I think. Look back to the Eagles Giants though. I, I'm I'm going to agree real quick. All right. Uh, that it's going to be a close game, and that a certain team will come you know come out on top. But attention, KU community. Want KUR oh, at your to skip event? Over it. No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu slash KUR, find live events slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an e-board member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Heavy hitters, everybody. We are back right in the smack dab of hour number two. We are rolling on here through our NFL picks. Eagles and Giants, our two rival teams, take on each other. About time. I mean, it took long enough. Yeah, it's December. It's, it's December, December, as Joe Buck said. Joe uh, Buck was uh, he was feeling it the other yeah, night. He was, yeah, he was on a heater on Monday night. I can't so. wait for the next Monday night game. I'm, gonna, I'm tuning in just to see if he's back in that form. Yeah, he needs to be. Bring that energy every Monday, Joe. He better get that working again. <laughs> yeah, for real. Look, Eagles win, and they're going to win by a field goal. A uh, field goal. Giants will cover, and the Eagles will take it. They'll take it uh, 24 21. to 21. Okay. I, I think 27-20. I think that the 7 is a very good line for this game. Uh, you know, it could be a little more late score by the Giants, and then, uh, a, you know, Eagles get it done with the run game to put the game away and not give Danny Dimes the ball back, I think is more so how it goes. You know, it's like 27-17. Uh, and the Giants have a really impressive drive that gets uh, stalled out by a penalty in the red zone, kicked the field goal, but they had that really impressive drive drive all the way down the field, right? So, you know, the announcers get, are, are the Giants in this football game? There's there's five minutes to go. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it'll probably be Kevin Burkhart, right, because it's a big uh, oh, yeah. big divisional game, unless he's got the, uh, the 4 o'clock and it'll be uh, Kenny Albert. Or Joe Davis. Joe Davis could be it. Uh, he is him. I'm Kenny Albert alongside. I don't even know who he does. Just that. sweat the sack of his life. Oh my goodness. He's kind of recycled that call a little bit, you know, with the. I think it was the JJ catch. The catch of his life. You know, Harper's swing will always be the of his life call. So. I think her. I think her Herbert. I, I think Hertz has a couple of turnovers though. I definitely think Hertz that's has why, a couple. That's turnovers. what keeps this game close. That's exactly what keeps this game close. That's what happened last year against the Giants. And Hurts has thrown his third interception of the day. Yeah. And the Giants are going to win it 13-7. to It's going to be ugly. It's really going to be... Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be Hurts' best week. But uh, they still find a way to win. They still win by 7. 27-7. Tw- <laughs> that's, that's not how <laughs> math works. 27-7. 27-20. to Okay. Well, we both go with the Eagles. We're going to move on to another rivalry game here. Rivalry. In the AFC 
North. Going to be some fighting in the parking lot at this stadium. It is going to be Tyler Huntley and the Baltimore Ravens traveling to the Steel City to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. 8-4, and 5-7. and seven. Steelers trying to play a little spoiler to Baltimore as the Bengals are right on the Ravens' coattails. So uh, well, the Steelers try to keep their playoff hopes alive. They're yeah, just but playing spoiler. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, come on. We were talking about this. They got a cupcake schedule minus Baltimore. But you know what? I know what. What do I know? The Steelers are going to win this game. I I agree with you. Pat Fryermuth, the new addition for my fantasy team, is going to go off. <laughs> I don't have to root for Deontay Johnson because I traded him. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That stinks. And Deontay Johnson finds the end zone for the first time in 2022. And Deontay Johnson drops it again. <laughs> no, he's going to score this time now because I traded him. He'll score twice. It is what it is. Steelers two and a half point favorites in this one. And I think that's uh, that's reasonable. I think it's a good line. And I think the Steelers will come out on top of the victory against their rivals at home. They'll go to six and seven and they'll keep the Steelers voodoo magic alive. And the most overrated streak in football being the Mike Tomlin never had a losing season streak. <laughs> we'll find a way to continue. Yeah, give me the Steelers by a field goal over this, uh, you know, backup quarterback situation uh, for the for the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think they can run the ball very effectively, uh, especially minus Lamar's running ability now. Agreed. Uh, really, the only thing I'm scared of in their passing attack is Mark Andrews. Uh, and I just I, I don't see them getting much going offensively, which conveniently they play another team that can hardly ever get anything going offensively. But I think uh, Pickett, Pickens, Muth. Well, the last three weeks, Steelers' offense has actually been pretty good. It's been yeah, it's fine. It's, it's been rhythm, right? It's improving, right? It's not it's not a world beater at all by any means. But uh, I, I think they do enough. Uh, Ravens score a late touchdown to get back into this thing, uh, and they have a chance, but can't pull it off. Give me the Steelers by a field goal. Okay, I like it. I like your thought process. I will join you there. We're going to move on. Jets, Bills, AFC East showdown between two teams who aren't really too fond of each other. And it's up in Buffalo. Bills, nine and a half point favorites. Mitch, Mike White and the Jets are rolling up there. Who you got? Oh, man, it's going to be the Bills. It's going to be the Bills by a lot. Uh, by a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the Bills are, are the class of the... Uh, are the class of this conference. I, I said it last week. I'm going to stick by it. Man, I see the Bills turning it on late, heading into the postseason on a heater. I think this is really where that gets going. So give me the Bills. I will join you. Yeah, I think they cover easily. 17 to 20 point victory here. I think they'll win by 13. It's the Bills. They are going to win 34 to... That would be 21. That's too many points. Too many points for the Jets. I think it's a 34 yeah. Well, with Von Miller situation. being out for the season, they're going to be able to score. A that is bit. tough. Yeah, we didn't talk about this, but another headline today. We have so much to get to. I mean, Von Miller is out for the season, torn ACL, terrible situation for uh, for Von Miller, and uh, and the Bills as a whole. But uh, yeah, that that does loosen up the uh, run defense a little bit, and the Jets can run the football uh, as they've proved with their uh, with their running back situation. Who is it, Carter? And it's Robinson, right? And um, I, I just don't think Mike White is going to have a good game. I, you know, we saw the three touchdowns. We saw, you know, whatever. Uh, he, he's calmed down. I, I think he, uh, I, I think he turns it over three times. So I don't, I don't think the Bills have a problem with this game. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they roll. They roll on to victory. Uh, Stephon no. Diggs will catch two touchdowns against Jack Heim in the playoffs. Okay, let's not do that. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> do it. Well, we're going to get to two more quick games here before we go to break. 
Browns, Bengals. I don't think we had to spend too much time on this one. Uh, Bengals, six point favorites. I picked them to finish second in the AFC. This is an interesting game. Why so would we win spend this time on this? Because one? it's not going to be an interesting game. This uh, is the game where Watson gets it going, man. This is the game where knocked the off the rust. Continue to fall, and uh, Jamar Chase is going to go crazy. Hmm. That is that is pretty reasonable. Bengals off is going to go ballistic in this one. I don't care what the Browns just did to the Texans last week on defense. Yep. You're going for the Texans to the Bengals. It's a whole different animal. It's a rivalry game. Joe Burrow, a.k.a. Joe Burr, and the Bengals are going to win this game. And and you're right. It is a rivalry game. It is a, a divisional game. And uh, for that reason, upset of the week, Cleveland Browns over the Cincy Bengals. You're bold. I am bold, dude. But I like it. That's that's what Smedley is, man. He's bold. He picked the Giants over the Titans. But I can week respect one. it. I can't respect exactly. it. Exactly. I don't friend. I looked that six point line in the face and I said, You fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me the give me the uh Browns over the Bengals. You fools. You fools. Well, Amari Cooper gets in the end zone a couple of times. Eh, maybe just once. I don't know. Okay. Chubb will get in there and uh you know, it'll be a like a twenty three twenty sort of game. I think it's going to be the Bengals, and they're going to win it 28-17. Wow. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah, definitely could see that happening, but I, th- I think an upset Cooper is in the will find the end zone. Chubb will find the end zone. They'll get a little late field goal uh, to make it look closer than it is. Bengals get three touchdowns. They'll be up by like 10 at the half. Pull away a little bit more in the second half. And, and uh, then shut it down with the run game. Yeah, exactly. They'll okay. uh, ice it out to win. Okay. Real quick, I think we're both going to go with the Cowboys in this one as the Texans roll yes. into town. Not going to be competitive. Cowboys are going to blitz them. Don't know, man. They just put a 54 on the Colts last week. Yeah. Who knows what they're going to do to the Bengals, or to the Texans, not the Bengals. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. 74. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they could put up a lot of yeah. points. It could get ugly in the Battle of Texas. And uh, give me the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys to win by a lot. Well, with that being said, we're going to go to our first break of hour number two. When we come back, we are going to keep going further on into our NFL picks and after that move on to college football. Plenty more coming to our next here in hour number two on Heavy Hitters. And, and welcome oh, back. Oh, he's <laughs> taking it. it. You okay. Got it. You got it. All right. Eddie, uh, laterals at the Smedley. Welcome back to Heavy Hitters. <laughs> that was, that's man, never happened before. And man, we were talking about the Texas Cowboys. Do we have anything else? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, do you know what that just reminds me? That's like when two baseball players, right, are uh, calling for it, or not calling for it, and then it just drops in the middle of it. Yeah, exactly. Usually one of us makes the call, but that time no one did. And that's, that's you know what? As the co-host, the man not on the board, that's on me. You know, that, that is. okay. I don't, I should not proceed unless uh, expressly Look, I'm a communications authorized. Major. I'm a communications major. So I. I should have clearly expressed that we, uh. You know, should have communicated that intro a little bit better. But, you know, always you know, looking to improve. You're your not the only communications major in the room. Always right? looking to improve your in heavy In fact, haters. I'm a double major. Communications Ooh. and philosophy. Yeah. I should have philosophized how to <laughs> go about that. Philosophized. <laughs> yeah. You know, I use, I use them big words. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Cowboys are going to run through the, uh, the Texans. Well, the rivalry and slash division matchups will continue this week. Nice. With... The Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. No oh, man on the Minnesota Vikings. Detroit favored by two and a half. What? Yep. Ha- what? <laughs> Detroit wait is favored by wait almost three. Wait, wait, wait. What? Yep. They're home. They're favored by two and a half. What? What am I? Upset? Upset of the week at the Vikings? Dude, this feels illegal. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm straight away for it. I'm I'm not a betting man, but you know, hey Siri, open DraftKings. <laughs> I mean, 
What? This is the. This has to be a fake line. Well, you know what? I'm going with Detroit. What? What? Yep. I think the Lions are going to win this game. What is wrong with people? Give me the Vikings all day. Lions win this game. What? What is happening? It's JJ. It's. It's it Hawkinson. Matter. It's the Hawkinson revenge. It's going to be Aminra finding the end zone Sun a couple of more times, and the Lions are going to win it, thirty-five to ten. No, Jared Goff. I can't <laughs> say one of those words on, no, on Joe Buck. Uh, thirty-five to thirty-one. The Lions win a shootout. Oh my goodness! Thirty-eight, thirty-one Vikings. Okay. I'll keep it close just because I'm concerned about. No, no, no. I'm going to go with my gut. Thirty-four, twenty-four Vikings. It's a double-digit win. And as much as I don't want them to win because they're the two-seed right now, they're going to win. What are we doing? Why are we picking the... Oh, my goodness. Trap game. Am I, am I like, on something right now? <laughs> like, this is... Am I, I am I in a different reality? Yes. Yes, you wow. are. I'm in a New York state of mind. Yeah. New York state of mind, man. It's the right place to be. You know Forget who... Philly. Uh, you know who. You know who sings that? Uh, I'm in a New York state of mind. Seen all the movie stars and their fancy cars and their limousines. Been high in the Rockies. Oh my goodness! Out of the Evergreens. And this is Mitch's. It's Billy Joel, man. Special man. It's Billy Joel. Mitch Come on. Sings every show, and it's fantastic. How do you not know Billy Joel? No, I do know Billy Joel. How do you not know New York state of mind? Um, it just blanked on me, man. Just blanked on me. I'm just taking a Greyhound on the Hudson River line. Because yeah. I'm in a New York state of mind. Well, Moving on. Uh, we, Give we me kinda, the Vikings. That's a bit. I, I can't believe that you went with the Lions on that. I mean, I did. How disgusting. Moving on. I mean, I did. I mean, the Eagles only beat the Lions by three. Oh, my goodness. So. Oh, my goodness. This is ugly. Yes, the Eagles and the Bills each beat the Lions by three. All right. But they won the games. But this time, this is where the Lions turn the table and win the game. Oh, God. this is here. Well, Jack's Titans. Don't gamble on up. Campbell. That's all I can say. <laughs> I like that one. That's a punchline right there. Don't gamble on Campbell. Well, Titans four point favorites against the Jaguars at home, and Mitch. I'll take the upset in this one. Really, Dougie P. Oh, yeah, I think this it's... is my upset of the week. Yeah, man. yeah, boy. There Woo! we go. Join the club. I love how you're. Uh, I love how your upset of the week is like my third upset. <laughs> yes, sir. Mitch, he's a bold guy. Um, yeah, I, I, let me hear what, you know what? Before I give my reasoning, your upset of the week, you're the star of this, this moment here. Why do you think? Okay, I think it's going to be an upset of the week because, because, look, the Titans have been scuffling. They lost their last two. Derrick Henry hasn't really been able to run it efficiently lately. Uh, the Jacks defense, you know, not, not bad. Uh, they did a good job keeping the Ravens offense pretty much in check. So I think they'll do it again. The defense will play well. Trevor Lawrence in the offense will do enough. I think Zay Jones might find the end zone. Uh, Isn't Lawrence hurt? Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. He did that's, get pulled from that knee injury. It's more impressive to take the upset of the week. It's, let, let's check on him. I'm sticking with it, by the way, even with the Lawrence injury. His left big toe feels Aww. better at this stage than it has over the past few days. <laughs> His little big toe. He's questionable. But it don't matter that Jack Russell's still going to win anyway. <laughs> I'll, I'll have you know I stubbed my toe last week watering my, my spice garden, garden and, and I only cried for 20 minutes. minutes. <laughs> I'll have you know I stubbed my toe while watering my spice garden and I only cried for 20 minutes. Yes, hello. I was wondering if you could start Trevor Lawrence again. Yes. 
Precisely. Because that's what's going to need to happen to get this upset. We're going to move to the 4 nope, o'clock No, even if he doesn't games. play, they win. You know what? I'm with you there. True story. Bold. Look, they got the better defense, I think. They got the better running back. Uh, no, okay. Derrick Henry recently has been scuttling, but he. I think he will find it. Bless you. Uh, Derrick Henry will be okay. So they, the Jags do not have the better rushing offense. But uh, if Trevor Lawrence plays, he's better than, uh, than Tannehill. Um, Agreed. And it's not even close. It's not even remotely close. I mean, Tannehill's he's a bomb. very bad. And the wide receivers for Tennessee are atrocious. And with really Traylon Burks hurt. Exa- ex- he was the one bright spot, and now it's gone. Now it's, it's gone. gone. It's Again. Gone. Well, actually, is he out this week with the head injury? I don't know. Let's check. We should, you know, we should really do some research before this. Probably. <laughs> a little bit. Hey, it's just he's off the uh, off the cuff here. He's not in the injury report from okay. what I've seen. All right. He is questionable though. All right, so he'll be he'll be playing. Probably. He's feeling better, but they have to they wait. Oh my goodness! You gotta you gotta wait on the third. Well, they have party, to right? wait to see how he progresses through concussion protocol before determining his status for the game against yep. Jacksonville. Okay, I I think at minimum he'll be uh, monitored highly, and uh, I I just don't I'm not impressed with the Tennessee offense at all. They put up ten against the Eagles. Which, the problem is know, the injuries awesome. though this year, Mitch. Is that I feel like everyone everyone's injured, man. Yeah, it's like it's so hard to keep up track of. Who's injured? Who's not? Because it feels like everyone's either going. Believe like, me, I look down my fantasy lineup every week, and yeah. more than half of them are questionable. You know, questionable IR. It's like, come on! It's like so many people come are hurt this year. Come on! What are you doing? All right, four o'clock slate. Put your shoulders up. <laughs> we got a couple games that we're not gonna have to spend a whole lot of time on, but yeah. then two we will. Chiefs, Broncos, and uh, wow. Ooh. Chiefs oh, and a this is gonna be a blowout. Chiefs. Chiefs say, all the way. Next? Yeah, next. I mean, it's Patrick. It's Patty Mahomes. Patty Mahomes versus Travis Kelsey versus the Russ Bus. Russ Bus. The Russ Bus has rust. The Russ Bus has come to a halt. Uh, he didn't even get back to the bus depot. He just yeah. stopped in the middle of his route because it was that bad. But um, Panther Seahawks up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I think Seattle wins this one. Yeah, I, I, I think Seattle easily cruises to a win on this one. Uh, you know, like something like. You're telling me Sam Darnold's going to get a road win against the playoff team? That's a good joke. Thirty to thirteen. You know what I mean? Like Give it's the Seahawks close. twenty-seven to ten. Yeah, yeah. See, we're right there. Same, uh, same thing. Just minus a field goal each side. All right. Well, Bucks 49ers in San Francisco. No Jimmy G. It's yeah. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy versus Tom Brady. This is a big game. This is, is a really big game. This is to determine who is the the three seed. I think. Yeah, it could. I mean, the Niners would fall to eight and five, Bucks to seven and six with a win. I mean, I, whether it's the legitimate like three seed in the standing, or I, I'm saying who's the third best team in this conference? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it, it might be the Seahawks right now. Yeah, I mean, it could. Uh, be. No, well, okay. Sorry, I forgot about the Cowboys. Uh, it, we we're talking about the fourth best. The fourth team. best team. Yeah. Sorry about that. I, I Eagles, had Cowboys, all mixed Vikings. Up. Yeah, Eagles. Yeah, Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings. Right now. So. Uh, yeah, but this is a big game for playoff implications for. How do we evaluate these teams going forward? And uh, I don't know about you. I really don't know about me either. I, I really see this as an even matchup. I'm going to ride with, you know what? Why not just ride with my favorite player? Let me Give me Christian McCaffrey. Give me the Niners to have a, a big running day uh, with the lack of uh, Jimmy G at the helm. I think the, the Niners ride McCaffrey for the first time to a win against the Buccaneers. And uh, Brady and Evans better get that connection working. Well, I'm going to divert course here, and mm. I'm going to go Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's it's not a bad pick. I think the Bucks are going to win, experience versus inexperience, and it's Mr. Irrelevant from last year's draft uh, with the last pick, Brock Purdy, versus Tom Brady, yeah. who we all know is Tom Brady for various reasons. 
And the Bucks are going to find a way to pull this one out. It's just going to be a typical greasy kind of game. And the Bucks will find a way to, you know, get out of there with the W, kind of like they did on Monday night against the Saints. Yeah. It's going to be a kind of low-scoring affair. I think it's going to be Tampa Bay 20, San Fran 17. Oh, yeah. I, I think that the, the score is going to be right in that ballpark. I just have it flipped 2017 for the Niners. All right. Sunday night football, Dolphins and Chargers. It is a three-point spread in That's favor it? of Miami. Come on. And I'm going to rock with the Dolphins. Yeah, so what's the status on Waddle? That's the big question mark in this game. Uh, Did you say status? Status. Uh, Do you not like that? Status? Data, data. Oh, we could have that debate. Oh. Debate, Waddle, debate. Waddle, I don't see him even on the injury report. Wow, that's good news for me against Jack this week. Okay. Yeah. I know he left with a, he had a knee injury, right, during the game. Knee and quad, or knee and shoulder. But two is questionable. Two is questionable. Well, I, I haven't heard any major news on that, so I think that's just a, you know, like a. Smoke screen? Yeah, like he was uh, probably limited at practice, just like a rest thing, you know what I mean? Well, Mike Williams is doubtful. No, I'm just kidding. He's questionable. Yeah, yeah, he'll probably not play. But, but he's um, not even in my starting lineup if he does uh, get upgraded. So so we both go with the Finns here? Yeah, yeah, we both go with the Finns. Uh, I have gonna quite play. comfortably. Yeah, yeah two is going to play. They're going to win comfortably. I think Tyreek Hill yeah. of multiple touchdowns. Like against, he did last week against me. Yeah, one of his former uh, division foes in the Chargers. Uh, the late season problems continue to... Continue. Uh, the Chargers fail to win big games in the regular season and get themselves in the playoffs. They fall to 6-7. and seven. Dolphins go to 9-4, and four, get themselves right there with the Bills and in the AFC race to try to be that five seed. So yep. I'm a big I'm a big Fins guy. I've been a believer in them all year. I don't see why I wouldn't take them in this one. They're going to win by double digits out in SoFi Stadium on Sunday night against Herbert and the Chargers. On NBC. Well, we will save our Monday night predictions for our Monday show. That is it. Uh, we both go a lot of similar picks this week. We both go the Raiders, Eagles, Steelers, and Bills. I feel like we had some big diversions, though. We divert with the Bengals and Browns. Both pick Dallas to, th- to throttle the Texans. Split on Lions and Vikings. Both pick Jags, uh, Chiefs, and Seahawks. Varied on Bucks and Niners, and we rallied at the end by picking the Finns on primetime against the Chargers. There we well, go, buddy. I like we, that we rallied. We evaluate our yeah. picks on Monday. Yes, sir. And... Uh, we are going to move on. College football. There's a couple of tidbits here that I got uh, on coaching fronts. Uh, Jeff Brom will return to his alma mater. I kind of talked about this on Monday, how this is a possibility. It's official. He's going to be the next head coach of the Louisville Cardinals, moving on from the Big Ten to the ACC. The Purdue head coach and the Big Ten runner-up Purdue Boilermakers lose their guy. And Jeff Brom will go back down to Louisville. Mitch, you're a Clemson guy a little bit. Hi. Uh, did you just say hi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Hi, I'm a Clemson guy. Hi, how are you? Uh, <laughs> Debbie Dooley, any, how any you thoughts, doing? Any thoughts on this? I mean, it is what it is, man. Uh, I, not, not really anything specific. It, it just, you know, it is what it is. I don't claim to be the biggest Clemson guy, so it's not like hurting my soul or anything. It's Woo! Not like, you're a Clemson guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a, you know, I like the Tigers. I like the I like the school. Like the I, lo- I fell in love with... Uh, ETN. That's who I really started watching, watching Clemson games. And then I, I just kind of fell in love with the, uh, I don't know. I really don't know what it is about Clemson. But uh, just their culture, and they were good. And, you know, I'm a bandwagoner for them. But, uh, yeah, my main heart lies in Penn State. Can we get James Franklin out of here, please? Well, uh, you got him signed for the next 10 years, yeah, so I don't see that happening. I know. Yeah, him and Trey Turner are here to stay. But uh, Notre Dame's uh, top 10 prospect, Michael Mayer, will de- uh, opt out of the bowl game and Claire for the NFL draft. So best yeah. of luck to him. He'll probably get drafted in the first round. Some of the better tight end prospects. Minnesota head coach P.J. Fleck 
gets extended through the 2029 season out in the Big Ten West Division. Uh, he's led them to a conference championship appearance, uh, running the table, I think going 12-1 and with Rashad Bateman and uh, Tyler Johnson a couple years ago. Uh, wow. So that was a sixth season for them. They mowed Ibrahim, Muhammad Ibrahim, and uh, that, that group was there. They were uh, they were fun to watch, but uh, he's staying up there uh, in the frigid cold Minnesota for quite some time still. And uh, Transfer Portal continues to be, oh my goodness, it is incredible. Over a thousand players, wow. I think, have entered their name in the Transfer Portal. Uh, according to this article, I'd say it says over 700, but it keeps climbing day by day. I mean, it's, in, it's incredible. There's some highly, highly touted quarterbacks in the portal. Devin Leary from NC State. Spencer Sanders just threw his hat in the ring from Oklahoma State. Uh, they're both senior transfer quarterbacks looking to get one last run of things. DJU from Clemson, he's out of the door. Austin Reed was second in FBS passing yards from Western Kentucky. Bailey Zappi's uh, Zap Zap, uh, alma mater hmm. there. He is a uh, fifth-year senior trying to transfer up further in D1 and get his name exposed. Uh, Tulsa quarterback Davis Brin, Hudson Card, the backup to Ewers at Texas. Brennan Armstrong from Virginia had a really good year, not this, past, not this year, but last year. Uh, Drew Pine from Notre Dame. Luke Altmyer, who was heavily involved with Florida State in his recruiting process, instead decided to go to Ole Miss. He will transfer out of there so I could see Florida State being uh, involved there. And Nick Evers from Oklahoma. He committed there as a freshman, but now he's out the door in transfer as well. So those are the top uh, you know, 10 guys who are still out there. I like previously mentioned, Caden McNamara transferred to Iowa. Uh, that's one of the big quarterback names from Michigan off the board. So interesting to monitor. I mean, there's a lot of good players in the portal It'll be interesting to see where these big names go. As a big quarter cornerback from Virginia, who's entered his name in, he's getting uh, touted from a lot of lot of different places. But uh, we'll see how that goes. And the transfer portal is whew, it's 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 chaos. It really is madness. And it's going to be interesting to see how everything shakes up. Mitch, what are your thoughts on the transfer portal right now? I love with the chaos. limited regulations and the mass changes of programs across the country. I love it. I love when. Things get shaken up. What it? What have I said? Time in, time again. Uh, what have I said? Week after week on this show, I want college football to be shaken up. I want, you know, varying teams. I want teams to rise and fall more quickly. I, I just want that stuff. The more parity, the more chaos, the better for me. I love the transfer portal. I love you reading off all these big quarterbacks that are moving places. It fascinates me. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, what do you think as your college look, football traditionalist over there? Look, I like the portal because it gives players different opportunities that they didn't really have access to before. But I think there needs to be some regulations on it because what we're seeing now... Look, don't get me wrong. Chaos can be good. It can be fun. But there's a point where it gets a little overboard. And I think we're kind of in the experimental era of the transfer portal and the NIL stuff. And look... With everything that's going on now, these are no longer college kids. You have to treat them like adults because they're getting financial opportunities to get paid through brand deals and stuff like that. And, you know, they have to make big, you know, manly decisions to say, well, do I want to stay at this school or do I want to go to somewhere else and get myself a better shot at playing or be closer to home or whatever reason they decide to enter the transfer portal. You know, Deion Sanders, when he got hired to Colorado, his entry message to the team was, look, I got, I got luggage coming in here through the portal. I got my guys coming here. So you can either make the choice to stay here or go here at the portal for all I care. Telling telling the players of Colorado that the standards are going to change. They were 1-11 this last year. Uh, he's bringing in different standards. It's going to be a higher standard, clearly. And he's bringing in talented guys to the portal. So he's saying, look, um, 
you know, we're not going to put up with the, uh, you know, more or less garbage that was happening at this program. Yeah. Go with the portal. I mean, go with the portal, go play somewhere else. So, you know, Mike Norvell, when he first arrived at Florida State, kind of had a very similar message. And maybe not as brash of language, but, you know, more or less he said the standards are going to change here. We're going to bring in guys who, you know, take this culture thing seriously and want to win right away. And it didn't happen that way, but they're 9-3. They went 9-3 and this year. Obviously, things have changed. You know, the portal gives you an opportunity to get better more quickly, and that's a benefit. But it can also hurt you with how many names are, can, can enter the transfer portal as well if things are not going so well. It has its cost. It has its benefits like everything does. Sure. But I think it needs to be regulated a little bit. I'm not saying compress down on it, make it like, oh, you can only enter the transfer portal for this, this, and this reasons. No, I don't want it to be that way. But, you know, having over 700 kids in the portal at one time, that is flat-out madness to me. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, and I get that, but uh, I'm a big fan, so... Yeah, I like the portal, too. I think it, it it's beneficial to a lot of programs across the country. Well, I, I like a guy like Sanders coming in and being like, this program sucks. We're going to turn it around like that, you know? Yeah, Boom. can it add to uh, interesting conference races, surprise teams you might not expect to attack the transfer portal, and uh, they can get better quickly and sure. therefore improve their regular recruiting. The only one other thing, big thing I'm bothered here before we go to break is that I feel like the high school recruiting is getting kind of put on the back burner because of how busy the transfer portal is. Yeah. And that's a problem. Because look, yep, you're gonna need the you know, these high school kids. I mean, they're trying to get into college and have a chance. Yeah, and with how many people are in the transfer portal, there's limited scholarship opportunities, limited limited roster spots. So, you know, if you're a program who's prominent and you decide to attack the transfer portal more and take maybe six, seven kids out of the portal, that limits how many high school kids you can recruit, and that can cause some big problems at the end of the day. So. Sure. Sure. Uh, it's an interesting dynamic. Again, I mentioned on the Monday show, it's there's no more of an interesting time to be the head football coach of a college program or be an athletic director uh, on a college program than right now because the era we're in with the new influx of NIL, how busy the transfer portal is, it is it is madness. And managing it, it's got to be a headache for anyone. I mean, you got to manage so many different things outside of the transfer portal and the NIL, and now just adding that into the mix, whew, it's, uh, it's a handful for anyone. So, you know, managing a roster and a program right now, it's got to be one of the hardest things I'd say in all of sports right now with how many factors there are outside of just the standard recruiting at the high school level. But uh, we do have to take our final break of today's show. Let me come back further entering our college football discussion and then wrapping that up and either get into college basketball or NHL. We'll make that decision uh, during the break here. Plenty more coming in right next here on Heavy Hitters. And welcome into Heavy Hitters. Medley with the call and the voice. He brings them in successfully. Look at that. Had his hand up and everything. Like he's in fifth grade asking to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Here we go. Back for our final segment of Heavy Hitters. That's the first thing you thought of. It's just what I thought of, man. It brought me back. And, uh... Mitchell and Jack here, heavy hitters, radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Josh is having fun. And so, so are we. we. Yeah, let's go. This is fun. Ah, uh, man, so much fun sporting events going on. You got, uh, well, you, you have NFL coming down toward the final stretch. College football, obviously, playoff season is upon us. Uh, NBA, I mean, I was watching the double overtime between uh, Philly and Houston the other night with my roommates and stuff. NHL is always good, uh, good to have on. And uh, fantasy football, Jack. My, I, I went through one of the most ruckus mornings of my fantasy football draft. Uh, not draft. Fantasy football league ever because uh, a week or two ago, I told you about the Justin Jefferson trade that went through. My buddy Thad got Jefferson exchanged for Christian Watson. 
Brian Robinson and like some uh, Paris Campbell. Yeah, that was the trade, and that that was allowed to go through. But but when little Mitchy Smeds over here trades James Connor in exchange for Justin Fields and Christian Watson, who I don't even like. <laughs> He's a Christian Watson denier. <laughs> I have been a denier of Christian Watson for the last month, and uh, I try to, you know, get that going. And both of us want it because Fields and Watson are on buy, and this guy that I'm trading with needs running back help now, and he needs to get a win this week to even make the playoffs. That trade got denied, and and then there was a huge ensuing argument. Uh, people are asking for the commissioner's head, and uh, it got really crazy. There was another trade that's even worse than mine uh, that went through. Um, you know, that guy got, uh, I, I forget who even, he got Chubb and a very good receiver for pennies, but uh, it is what it is. But after long, deliberate discussions and, and arguments in the group chat, uh, my fantasy team did manage to get the trade to go through with eight minutes left before the trade deadline. James Conner is out. Uh, Christian Watson, Justin Fields are in on the bench this week watching from afar, and I also got another trade to go through of uh, Geno Smith for, uh, what did I get? I got Pat Fryermuth and uh, Mike Williams. So that was big. Uh, that was huge, getting those guys to uh, to come in here. Uh, actually, maybe, yeah, I think Connor was for the, the Fryermuth deal and the... Uh, Fields one was for Geno, yeah, because the quarterbacks were in the same trade. So, but bottom line, it was with the same guy. So basically, it was those two players for those four players. I got a tight end I wanted, got a quarterback that can run. Those were my two top targets, and I got two receivers on top of it. Jack, yes, Mitchell's, Mitchell's poised for a, a fantasy uh, title here, right? You know, yeah, you know, you're in the running. You've done a good job cementing yourself in the race in your league, and you have a pretty good roster. Yeah. We'll see how things shake up. Just leaning on the health of those two running backs, McCaffrey and Jacobs. Yeah, absolutely. That's That's well. We are yeah. going to move Sorry, that was a little on. spiel you didn't no. expect. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It is a-okay, my brother. We're going to move on. Um, actually, quickly for college football. Ooh. Top four, and we know the playoff field is set with Georgia playing Ohio State, the one versus four, and TCU and Michigan, the two and the three. Um, I know it's Rager not for a country. couple weeks. Actually, probably a month at this point. Um, yeah, i just say just under a month. Um, but... Unfortunately, this is our last show this semester, more than likely. Is it? Um, I'll know, be here next week. Yeah, we'll discuss finals week. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But there's the possibility. Possibility, yes. That it's the final show of the semester. But uh, we will discuss, and uh, we will put it on our Instagram if we will come back for next week, depending on our schedules. But um, sorry, my water. It's off. okay. It's okay. <laughs> it was, but uh, it's, it's the second time it's done that too. You know, Mitch. Quick rundown of the playoffs. Quick rundown. Of, okay, so George is going to win. And Michigan is going to win, and they're both going to do it by, like, 20 points. Georgia's going to win, Michigan's going to win, and then Georgia's going to win. Yeah, Georgia's going to okay. win. Yes, that's that's my rundown. That's Very the Mitchell Smedley breakdown of the playoffs. However, Rose Bowl, Penn State. That's what I'm watching. That's going to be a Penn State victory. Over, we'll see about that. Over Maybe. the Utes. Well, from the KU so Notebook. two Utes. From sorry, the KU what? Notebook. Attention, <laughs> KU community. If you're looking for a club that seeks to advocate, educate, increase awareness, and provide a safe social and support network to Kutztown University's LGBTQIA plus community, then Allies is for you. Allies meets every Thursday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. in Boxwood House, room 103. Then from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m., come join the LGBTQ plus resource center for weekly coffee and conversation. You can stay after the Allies meeting or stop in for a visit and enjoy some fellowship. 
We hope to see you there. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Final part of today's show. As always, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It is much appreciated. Cannot say that enough from the bottom of my heart because without you lovely listeners out there, this product and show would not be possible. I thought I trademarked lovely listeners. Well, no, you didn't. You didn't trademark it. <laughs> He's brought it over from Redneck Rush Hour to Heavy Hitters. Well, it is a common In saying. In a shocking display listeners. of plagiarism. <laughs> I didn't cite my sources. Where's your academic integrity, Jack? I, do I need to cite my sources in uh, APA format for you to please? Uh, I was born in Chicago, so let's go Chicago style. Chicago author date? I need to stop. I need. I use that for one class. What is Chicago author date? It's like a citation form. Oh. So, so you just say Chicago and then the author and then the date? Uh, maybe. That's so weird. I don't know. Anyway, we're I don't know how to cite anything, dude. We're going to move on. Uh, college basketball, man. We've had some big matchups over the past couple days. Kentucky takes down Michigan. We're going to look at last night, uh, taking a dive to the top 25 and through Division One. It was, uh, man, Illinois-Texas. That was a great game yesterday. Uh, big win in overtime for the Illini, 85-78. Uh, some theatrics to the buzzer there down the stretch. I mean, Michael Mayer, the... Uh, Baylor transfer for the Illini, 21 points, 8 of 10 from the floor, and 5 of 5 from 3. I mean, he was absolutely on fire, scorching hot from the floor. Uh, his impact was huge. The Texas Tech transfer, Terrence Shannon Jr., also played a big role. I mean, Illinois is filled with some prominent transfers from two teams who have went on championship runs. I mean, Michael Mayer was a part of the national championship Baylor team. Terrence Shannon was a part of the 2018 Texas Tech team that went to the Final Four, uh, final to the championship game and lost to Virginia. So, I mean, these are two guys who've been deep in March Madness. They have the experience. They play quite well. Uh, and then some of the guys that Illinois had in-house, Coleman Hawkins, uh, he's been pretty good. Uh, they have Sky Clark, who's a freshman, and also R.J. Melendez, who is a sophomore. So, I mean, they have young guys mixed with experienced guys, and it just works. Brad Underwood has done a good job there making that roster work. They do a good job. But uh, Texas came into this game as number two. They fall. Uh, they had the Minnesota transfer, and now he's been there for a couple of years. Marcus Carr is one of their leading players. Uh, Teddy Allen, or Timmy, excuse me, not Teddy. Timmy Allen put up 21 for the Horns. Tyrese Hunter, uh, the transfer from Iowa State. Uh, he was a bit of an impact guy last night, put up 10.7 boards. So, I mean, look, this is a Texas team that's suited up to contend not only for a Big 12 title, but try to go far in March Madness under Chris Beard, uh, the guy who took that Texas Tech team to that national championship appearance. So, I mean, Texas got a good roster. Both these teams quite phenomenal, both in the top 25 and uh, it was a fun one to watch last night as part of the Jimmy V Classic. For those who don't know, it's Jim Balvano, who's the head coach of NC State. Uh, unfortunately, uh, died of cancer quite a while back, but uh, they always have that classic every year to uh, try to commemorate his uh, impact on the game and how uh, you know cancer is such a horrific thing that affects families all across the globe. So uh, it, it really is a good thing that they hold that classic every year. And Dick Vitale... Uh, you know, he's a big part of that. Uh, he's a guy who I think sponsors the Jimmy V Classic quite heavily, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, uh, you know, Dick Vitale always brings the energy uh, behind the mic, and he just overcame uh, a recent bout with cancer. So, wow. yeah, Dick Vitale is one of the you know legendary voices of college basketball. He's been doing it for such a long time, and uh, he's, he actually is one of my favorite broadcasters, if I honestly had to say so myself. But um, enough of my schmeal about broadcasting. Uh, and the Jimmy V Classic here, you know, it is notable to bring it up, but we do have uh, one or two more things to talk about here. Uh, just running through the top 25 uh, that we have right now. Houston is the AP number one. 
Uh, Calvin Sampson, a good job down there with the Cougars. Virginia, number three. Uh, they had a not great year last year, but uh, they've rebounded in a massive way here to start so far. They had a tight one, 55-50 over JMU last night. They're now 8-0, are the Cavaliers in their top five. Uh, UNC, who was the preseason number one, has fallen out of the top 25. Uh, the fastest AP number one to ever fall out of the AP top 25 uh, just five weeks into the season. So it is, That's uh, crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. Uh, UConn, I mentioned on Monday, they're still running the Big East. They're number five. They're nine and zero. Purdue out of the Big Ten, eight and zero. Big win. Um, they've had a couple. They beat, I believe, Gonzaga. If I am referencing Gonzaga. that correctly, let me see. Yes, they did. Eighty four sixty six, and they also walloped Duke. So two big wins over top twenty five competition. And yeah, Purdue. I mean, you know, Painter, their head coach. I think it's Matt Painter. I forget. Uh, exactly what his first name is, but he's got him off to a good start. Zach Eady leading the way, averaging 23 points a game. I mean, whew, as the uh, seven footer and 12 rebounds, so he's averaging a double double. Uh, that is uh, quite crazy, quite quite crazy. But uh, yeah, impressive. Purdue, Purdue locking it down. Uh, we'll see some AP movement later on in the week, and uh, you know, Dickie V, baby. Right, Mitch. You know who Dick Vitale? Uh, I do now. You didn't know who Dick Vitale was? No, I didn't. He does like he did a, a great commercial, but uh, which one? Oh, it was a Geico commercial, and he ends with "Geico is awesome, baby." <laughs> I'll play it for you after. I mean, yeah, I maybe I'll recognize the voice, but uh, I don't Dick know Vitale the name. Dick Vitale is a broadcasting legend, not only a college basketball legend. He is a guy who is just he is an iconic voice. Yeah, I think you might know him when you. I, I I have to know his voice. Yeah, even if I don't know the name, I have to, right? But uh, so yeah, Bills up in Kansas. They're eight and one. People had their doubts about them, but Grady Dick leading the way for uh for the Jayhawks. Yes, that is his name. Um, it is nothing. I didn't wrong ask. With saying that. I know, I know. <laughs> but there's some people who don't know. He's gonna. Is that his name? Is that like a nickname? No, that is his last name. Uh, <laughs> Why did you say that, like Josh? No, it's because <laughs> uh, you name? know what's so funny. There was a broadcast clip I saw. And it was, I think it was international basketball. And it was like, ho, you fat for three. And he's like, yes, that is that guy's name. I don't want any Twitter tags on this. And it was just funny. Yeah, it's like the, uh, the ha-ha Clinton Dix interception. Yeah. And it's picked off by ha-ha. And then the, and then the, the color guy goes, ha-ha-ha. And then the, the play-by-play, as he's still running the interception back, goes, Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, I know. I know. I, know. So, I think there was an. I think there was a preseason game too. I don't know. I didn't think so, but may, it had to be because they weren't like. There's top no. Tier. Yeah, yeah. They were. I think they were the Niners broadcast people. They were just getting like their stream for like a preseason. Game. Was it okay? For some reason, I thought it was the Bears guys. But <sighs> I don't know. That why was funny. But uh, that was funny for sure. Um, other, you know, we got a couple <laughs> more things here. Actually, you know what? Um, you know, we're gonna save it. Uh, we might be back next week. We're gonna keep that TBD. We're check gonna wrap the up today's Instagram. show with that. Shameless yeah. plug. Check out Heavy Hitters KUR. We will post it later on this week uh, if we plan on doing a show for next week. So you know whether to be tuned here uh, for next week. If not, uh, and and check it for a very special announcement we made. Right? Did we post yes. that on that one? Uh, well, you know, we will post it. We will post okay. it on that. Uh, a special announcement. Check about, Jack's Instagram for the special announcement so far. Yeah, the show is. Uh, you know, show is being recognized. Yeah, the show is being it. recognized, but we're not going to spoil it. We'll post yeah. on the heavy eaters. Instagram. Thank you so. We, by the way, we could not have done that without anyone uh, here listening to us ramble on about our sports teams. Exactly. Thank you so much. We cannot say that enough from the bottom of our of our little sports loving hearts. Very much so. Uh, what well, we are wrapping up today's show as always. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like Mitch said, your listenership really drives the show and really makes all of this here at KUR possible. Makes it hit heavier. It does. It really, really does. Well, we might be back for finals week. Maybe not. If if not, 
Uh, it was a pleasure for this semester. We'll be back in the spring, but Happy we hope holidays. to be back uh, for next semester. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Um, and we'll maybe be back next week. If not, uh, enjoy the if break. Not, Happy holidays. Go Birds!